after use, the bags can be sealed and thrown in the trash. Or thrown at someone. <laughs> Adam Curry, John C. Devorah. It's Sunday, October 9th, 2011. Time again for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 346. This is No Agenda. Representing sysadmins worldwide from the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center, counting down the days here in the People's Republic of Southern California. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where we're doing the tent pole of all podcasts on John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. Hey, man, I like that a lot, the tent pole of all podcasts. I'm pitching a tent. How about you? Yeah, right as we speak. Yeah. Cool. In the morning to you, John. In the morning to you, Adam Curry, and all ships at sea in the morning, and all boots on the ground in in the morning, and also uh, the feet in the air. Yes, and in the morning to all sys admins, the administrators who manage the systems, who are clearly starting to do stuff. We'll be talking about that today. Very nice to see you all charged up in your various positions. We know you're at it, and we love you for it. And, of course... All of the uh, human resources in the chat room at noagendastream.com and noagendachat.net. They, they call you human resources for a reason, you know. You're a resource, you happen to be human, and they're sucking you dry. Glad to have you aboard. Well, John, I went down to Occupy Wall Street Los Angeles yesterday. Los Angeles. Los Angeles, yeah. This was very interesting. I felt it was time to get some boots on the ground. And of course, I knew we already had boots on the ground. We got a couple of our producers there who have been uh, who have pitched their own tent for the past few days. They've been down there, uh, and it's at uh, City Hall in uh, Los Angeles, and uh, very interesting. What'd you learn? Well, there are multiple camps. In this case, literally, there's kind of like three groups of people who are there. Not four, really. First of all, you've got uh, people who are generally homeless who are like, ah, oh, finally, a place I can pitch my tent without getting kicked out. <laughs> exactly. And there's no kidding. Like, there's a lot. Oh, no, that's got to be the a, a majority. Yeah, particularly around here. So uh, yeah. th- there's just California yeah, for sure. tons of tents with actual homeless people who are just really happy to have a place where they can set up tent and not get kicked yeah. out. Obamaville. Yeah, exactly. Uh, then you have... Um, and it's kind of weird the way City Hall is here in Los Angeles. You have the steps of City Hall, and uh, which you know, which is big and pompous, and uh, so there's a lot of people kind of uh, converging in front of those because there's a PA system, which I guess showed up a couple of days ago. Uh, unfortunately, I believe the PA system may be owned by the unions. Uh, when we got there uh, yesterday afternoon, it was just one union after another. The uh, ATLA, which is the uh, the teachers' union, and then uh, Danny Glover showed up, and he was talking unions. So just a lot of yeah, a lot of union stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, good signs though. I, I like a lot of the a lot of the signage. Did you see my sign? I had a sign. What did it say? Well, why don't you go to um, go to MickeySees dot com? M i c k y s e e s dot com. Take a look at my sign. I had two signs. M i c k e y k y no e how. Huh. S-E-E-C's.com. Yeah. Mickey C's. You'll see my sign. I think it's the second collection. Then around the corner, kind of on the side entrance, is where you have essentially the uh, attack the media, uh, Ron Paul, and the Fed guys. And it's kind of grungy on that side. Uh, But that's where I feel there are a lot of the real people. 
who are really down with the message, who also completely understood my sign. When you see my sign... I'm looking all over. I'm on the fourth or fifth page. I have not seen any sign. No, it's the, if you go to MickeySees.com, I think it's the second batch of pictures. Hold on. Let me take a look. I don't think so. Yeah, I think so. Let's see. Okay, so you you see the, the masks, the, the V masks? I'm looking at... I, the, uh, if you see MickeySees.com, you see the V masks. Yeah, I see the V masks. Click, I see evil. Yeah. Is that yours? No, evil no, sucks. No, you click on the V masks. Right. Well, how would I know this? Well, it says view when you hover over it. Okay. Uh, wait, that's not the right one. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, it's Okay, you see the evil sucks? Now go to the fourth one. So not on evil sucks? I'm clicking on it. Anyway, okay, I got evil sucks. Oh, no, no evil not sucks the evil sucks. Up. The one it's next a terrible one. site. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a Tumblr. We're fixing that. Ugh. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the sign said, don't drone me, bro. And I had dronenation.com and uh, the no agenda, kind of a no agenda logo. And it was it was interesting because on the city steps, people would look at me and go like, huh? <laughs> what, do <you> mean, don't, <laughs> what do you mean don't drone me? Now, on the, kind of the Ron Paul side of City Hall, people are like, hey, don't drone me, bro. They totally got it. I think Mickey just uploaded a, uh, uploaded a set. That's why it switched around. Um, and then on the reverse side of that, I had sysadmins united, um, uh, use RSS, not Facebook, and uh, Facebook Inc. And I had the F and the B and the I of Facebook Inc. capitalized, so it looked like FBI. And uh, oh, that's that, cute. And yeah. that and that actually got a, a lot of sysadmins. Hey man, hey, that's pretty cool, man. <laughs> right on, man. And there was the no agenda tent with uh, you know all the uh, all the signage there, um, but it is growing. There were several hundred people there for sure, mm-hmm. and uh, it was just you know the thing is like the the PA is dominated by the union guys. You can't just get up there and you know well maybe if you're in the morning it's early in the morning or something maybe you can get up there. But there's like a line and it's, you know and there's, there's people who are managing who's on the microphone. Like okay. All right, then. So, because I was going to go up there and throw some smack down. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, that didn't feel very welcome. (laughs) (laughs) And and you know, when Danny Glover shows up anywhere, beware. You know, that's that's just, that's not good. But it is interesting, people protesting all kinds of different things. There's this uh, DCFS, which I didn't know what that stood for. You know what that stands for, DCFS? I have no idea. Department of Children and Family Services. Oh, yeah. And like, it's like, give us back our children. People having si- holding up signs. Predominantly uh, look like uh, uh, Mexican people walking around. I guess uh, they came in with their kids and uh, Department of Children and Family Services. Ah, 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 you, we're taking your kid away from you. So uh, that's probably a legitimate concern. I'm sure it is. It's a problem <laughs> in Texas, too. Yeah. But the uh, but what was really nice is everyone's kind of hanging around, everyone's uh, talking, you know, and th- and that was nice to see that people are at least talking about stuff amongst themselves, which I think is the big benefit of going to one of these things. Uh, it's just meeting other people and hearing what their what their grievances are. Uh, but the ninety nine percent thing has me extremely bothered. I'm not liking that at all. My mama taught me, you know, you don't want to join any club that excludes anybody. And you go down, it's like, well, what if you're part of the one percent? You can't you can't be a part of it. Yeah. 
It was a cute no agenda sign. No agenda. That 99% thing, by the way, is cropping up everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the no agenda guys, they got it. They had noagendashow.com, 99% free. <laughs> they they understand the joke. That's good. So, uh, mm, so did uh, you learn anything that you didn't know? That No. Not really. It kind of just uh, uh, solidified everything for me that uh, it's it's being uh, hijacked by uh, by the unions, and uh, I guess it's good that everyone's down there. At least people are off their asses, you know that uh, that I like. I really do like that. So uh, the fact that Fox is completely sold out and they don't represent anybody—that's a real person. I do have a clip that applies to this these events, uh, and I think it summarizes the attitude. Uh, even though no one wants to admit that there's a different kind of dis- disper- dis- discrepant, let's say, groups at these events. But play the 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 get a job losers clip. Oh, yeah. I think I heard this one. Let's see. We are talking about a demonstration now that is picking up some considerable steam. Is this uh, is this demonstration in your judgment? Is it rational? Is Do they have a point? Uh, and do you think we'll see it continue to grow? I doubt it. You know, they're supposed to be marching today on the strip right about right now. Uh, and supposedly, I had one of the uh, representatives of that group on my show this morning. And, you know, he's not really clear what he wants. You know, he wants to take the money out of politics, you know, things like that. And I reminded him how much money the unions spend in politics. He goes, well, no, no, they don't spend nearly as much as some other groups. You know, they're not logical. I don't think they're going to stay together very long. And the reality is, you know, they're complaining about Wall Street and unfairness. The amount of time they spend marching and organizing, they'd be better off looking for a job, frankly. Yeah, it was interesting. Uh, and uh, one thing I did learn, actually, is, you know, they have these general assemblies now at, at all of the Occupy Wall Street things. And it's basically they everyone gets together, I guess, yells out stuff and they write up a big list of everything that we need, which uh, varies from water. Oh, by the way, that's also there's no organization. They have a couple of porta potties there, but no food trucks around. I don't know what's going on with the food truck Can we, guys. How uh, stupid the are they? the fact that it was like considered a great thing that there was no organization with the early tea parties. There were just individuals and there was no centralized group. Oh, yeah. Oh no. oh, no. Of course. Well, yeah. it's, it's funny. It was great. It was fantastic. Uh, Ralph Nader, uh, who I'm starting to like more and more. I've never really paid attention to him. I thought it was kind of a, a dork. Uh, he was on Judge Napolitano's show, which is the only show on Fox where they actually do have kind of half a clue about what's happening. And he spoke specifically about the Tea Party, which uh, he basically echoed what we've said uh, from the get-go before it even happened. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. Do, Thank do, you, you, see, do you see similarities, uh, Ralph, between uh, the Tea Party movement and the Occupy Wall Street movement, which started in Lower Manhattan and has now spread to other cities around the country? Uh, before the Tea Party movement was hijacked by the corporatist Republicans, yes. <laughs> exactly. Before it was hijacked. You got it. Yep. Uh, but there's this woman uh, who's a commentator on Fox. What's her name? Uh, Terry something or other. It's a real hard ass. And she took that whole get a job thing one step further. It was really quite astounding to uh, to listen to. Well, I mean, it's immediate, the media is really in search of itself. Um, I advise anybody who has a sense of humor left about this to go to OccupyWallStreet.com. And what you will read is the ravings of what sounds like the Unabomber. Um, <laughs> is that setting someone up to be a terrorist by saying it's the ravings of the Unabomber? Also, the use of the word meta, uh, a Greek degree of, uh, of, um, of language. Which what I- rock has this woman been under? 
That she's never read the word meta anywhere, and she say, "Oh, it's a Greek degree of measure." Uh, really? Won't go into it at the moment, but uh, these people have plenty of words to say. But it's again, and I don't mean to sound just repeat what everybody else has said, but it is unclear. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, well, go, why don't you just please do it anyway? What they want. Uh, but it's certainly better going down there and h- carrying signs th- than going out and, and hitting the pavement for a job. Ah! Now, what's interesting about this is that um, media is being the liberal media is being accused of setting this up uh, for Obama so that he can use this as a these people as a wedge against the Republicans in the election. Um, I don't know if that's true or not, but the unions couldn't the public service unions couldn't wait to get down there last week. And there is something there's there is something it's a magnet for the disenchanted. It isn't just people without jobs, it isn't old old people, it isn't just young people. It's also people who like good weather by the way, so we'll see how long this lasts when New York uh, in New York <laughs> She forgot the date part, but she got, the weather's a new one. I like that one. I've heard the weather one. I had the heard. dating part she overlooked. <laughs> yeah. February which will test everybody's metal. But the, they missed the story starting at the beginning. I mean, officially the date, this of course comes from the New York Times, that's why it's official, says that September 17th was the start of this thing, and then stories didn't start uh, being printed until early uh, early October. Um, I found also, by the way, that one of the reasons the Washington Post didn't do much with it is because they don't have an office. Nah, she goes into all kinds of stupid stuff about the, the Washington Post. But the bottom line uh, is for most people uh, who are not intimately involved, and it is still most people, they're only seeing bits and bobs and little snippets of uh, uh, of idiots that they put on television. And uh, it's all without, and that's the that's the media meme. Now, they've got no message. They have no message. Uh, whereas, strangely enough, the same media never ever questioned uh, Egypt or Tunisia. You know, it's oh no, they they want the corrupt government, uh, the evil dictator. You know, the guy that uh, kills his own people, Obama. That guy. I'm sorry, that's our dictator, not theirs. You know, it was very simple. People on, on the, the media understood it completely, but they just haven't gotten their marching orders. I think that's the problem. The media is confused because no one has told them what to say yet. Like, where's the memo? <laughs> Apparently, that's got, that's the only excuse I can think of. Yeah, well, would, and they come up with this old meme, by the way. And this thing goes back to the '60s and '70s. Thank you. I mean, it, it, every time they say it, which is one of the you know, since I go back to the '60s and '70s as a kid. It's like every time I hear it, I go, wow, I can't believe they're saying that get a job. All that's missing is get a job and get a haircut. Yeah, haircut. That's what they used to say. So it's the get same job, thing. Get a haircut, get a job, get a haircut. Once again, it's the you same thing. You can't get thing. a job, people. There's a lot of these jobs aren't available. I mean, unless you want to work for nothing. And the $3 haircut is also long gone. Yeah, well, the haircut thing, about they, that. apparently they've dropped the haircut meme. They're gonna. They're, it's going to be something, though, because you have to have two things. So it's going to be get a job, take a bath, or something like that, because I think a lot of these people apparently stink the high end. Oh, no, no, that's in there, too. It's like you're pooping uh, on the street, and I'm hearing that crop up here and there. Yeah. So what happened in the 60s, John, in your recollection? What was the progression of this? So now we're at the get a job, get a haircut phase. What happened yeah, after that? Coming down, then comes the uh, the cops to beat the crap out of people. That's already and happening. And then a bunch yeah. of people get killed. And then everyone goes, oh, we killed people for no good reason. <laughs> so I think it's time that the protesters go down there armed. Well, <laughs> this is this is the this is the thing that yeah, that's not going to help. 
Well, yeah, it will. If 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 we had those thousands of people and they all had a gun, like uh, in you know, in, in North in, Africa where it's legal, become, yeah. Well, then they'd be coming in with the SWAT teams. I, you know what? I question that. For years, I question that. If there's if there's a a hundred or two hundred thousand people and they've all got a weapon, the cops aren't going to just start shooting on them. Oh yeah. No, I I think they'll be very afraid. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. They'll just be behind cars shooting at them. Don't kid yourself. Well, that's the only thing that our government is truly afraid of, is that our, popula- our population is armed. That's all I know. Yeah, well, Mean- meanwhile, not that afraid. The, uh, the Occupy Wall Street idea, of course, is uh, spreading around the globe. We've got uh, uh, Athens. <laughs> Athens is very funny, actually. They're now protesting Germany because, of course, this is what was always the setup, right? Is uh, let's say Germany is trying to ruin everything once again, and uh, and now we've got the the brothers and sisters of Greece angry at the brothers and sisters in Germany and vice versa, and now they're holding up signs of Angela Merkel with a Hitler mustache, which actually looks pretty good on her, I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of fits. But uh, have you heard of the indignance? No. The indignant protest is something off the hook. These people are very serious. I mean, you, you think it, it's tough for people to go down to City Hall or down to Wall Street? Listen to this. The marathon march is over for these so-called indignant protesters who've converged on Brussels from several European countries. Defying a ban, hundreds of demonstrators set up camp in the city's Elizabeth Park. They want to make their voices heard and denounce EU-ordered austerity cuts. But first, there was time to celebrate the sheer joy of reaching their journey's end. Organizers said more than 100 had marched from Spain, where the Indignados movement became a phenomenon this spring. People marching from Spain. Indignado. Yeah. I like that. They walked from Spain to Brussels. That's a long way. That's, are you kidding me? That's, that's why it took so long. It yeah, started last yeah, year. Yeah, but that's a serious protest right there. Yeah. Yeah, that's more than a weekend we warrior. Don't, we don't we won't do anything like that. We're going to basically have these homeless encampments protected by a bunch of uh, youngsters. Well, no, isn't and, isn't and, this what and the, the and the uh the uh what's the name of that guy um Lyndon LaRouche crowd will be in in mm. force. Did you find any Lyndon LaRouche people there? No. You set up a table. No, I heard Lyndon LaRouche uh on uh Alex Jones. Ugh. Uh, which is a, what a great combo. By the way, Alex Jones all of a sudden has an RV and he's traveling around the country. Thanks. Um, <laughs> and Lyndon LaRouche says, if I can paraphrase him, uh, and this is the only reason why I would listen is to hear the guest. He said, "Look, uh, the, everyone's the, the administration is 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 falling apart. Uh, uh, Wall Street, of course, is actually kind of falling apart." Uh, and he says, "The only way to stop." The unavoidable crash, which I guess you and I kind of believe is a cycle. And you, whatever you do, it's going to happen anyway. It's unavoidable. He says is to reinstate Glass-Steagall. He says that is truly the only way to stop it. Yeah, well, it's too late. And, just and so, they won't do that, by the way. Just so people understand, Glass-Steagall was, um, was it Clinton who busted that up? Yeah, it was Clinton. So the, Thanks, Clinton. It was the, yeah, it was the idea that a bank... Uh, it, if it was, you had to have a separate. It was a bank has to be a bank. Yeah, where you put your money, and if it was an investment bank, it's something else. And of course, 
that is now uh, all one, where a bank is also an investment bank. And an insurance company and a stockbroker. Yeah, and a whorehouse, I hear, some of those on Wall Street. Well, that's, that's actually the only good part. <laughs> yeah, but it's, uh, this is not going to end well. Uh, it will end in riots, and I'm pretty sure it's going to end initially in these fractions inside of the movement warring against each other, because it will heat up. And this is what the FEMA camps are for. We've been talking about that for years. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm not joking. This is what the FEMA camps are for. The question is, will the protesters be thrown into the FEMA camps, or will the law-abiding citizens be invited in for their protection? That's the only question I have left. Now, uh, President Obama had a news conference, a long one. I, I spent so much time watching uh, C-SPAN um, uh, over the past few days. And uh, it was actually, the conference was rather short. He had, you know, his statement was five minutes. It's all the same thing. It's like, uh, the Republicans, you know, do they have a better plan? Are the Republicans? Like, oh, dude, it was so tiring to listen to. But finally, people are starting to ask the right questions. And this is Jake. Just to follow up on Jackie's question, um, one of the reasons why so many of the people at the Occupy Wall Street uh, protests are so angry uh, is because, as you say, uh, so many people on Wall Street did not follow the rules. But your administration hasn't really been very aggressive in prosecuting. In fact, I don't think any Wall Street executives have gone to jail, uh, despite the, the rampant corruption and malfeasance that did take place. So I was wondering if you'd comment on that. And then just as a, a separate question, uh, as you're watching the Solyndra and Fast and Furious, Furious controversies play out, I'm wondering if it gives you any pause about any of the decision-making uh, going on in your administration, some of the emails that Democrats put out indicating that people at the Office of Management and Budget were concerned about the Department of Energy, some of the emails going on uh, and with the Attorney General uh, saying he didn't know about uh, the details of Fast and Furious. Are you worried at all about how, this is, how your administration is running? Well, uh, first on the issue of... Uh, on the issue of... of prosecutions on Wall Street. Um, one of the biggest problems about uh, the collapse of Lehman's and uh, the subsequent financial crisis and the whole subprime lending uh, fiasco is that a lot of that stuff wasn't necessarily illegal. It was just immoral or uh, inappropriate or reckless. So it wasn't illegal? Did I actually hear the president say that? Did he just let all of Wall Street off the hook by saying that stuff they did wasn't illegal? Really? I but the problem is he was vague. What was he referring to? A lot of that stuff. Well, there you go. Laundering drug I guess money. a lot of that stuff wasn't illegal. Ponzi schemes. I understand this perjury went like 90 minutes and he took like a total of like less than 10 questions. Well, yeah, when the questions are like this. But well, so when these, no, it's just long-winded answers. He has gotten to the point, I've seen him interviewed before, and I, I noticed this, and I think I pointed it out on another show, when he was, I think O'Reilly interviewed him, and he kept interrupting him because cause Obama would start yeah. yakking. He's yeah. learned this from Clinton. Yeah. He just goes and goes and goes, and he goes, and he drones, and he drones, and he yeah. goes, and you're talking about John Kerry, yeah. and he just continues to chat, and let's just stop him. No, well, why do you think I was bored to tears? I have to sit through all oh, of that. Oh, I'm surprised you didn't shoot yourself. <laughs> I'm saving my bullets for the real revolution. Another quick thing I picked up was uh, about the uh, the solar energy company, Solyndra, where he slips in another convenient lie. 
Uh, Solyndra, uh, this is a loan guarantee program that predates me, <laughs> that historically has had support from Democrats and Republicans as well. Sure. It predates him. However, the Bush administration uh, actually declined or denied the Solyndra loan and then two weeks into the Obama administration, all of a sudden, Department of Energy approved the loan. But once again, it's like, oh, it was the other guys. I had nothing to do. It predates me. I, I had nothing to do, do with it. And meanwhile, what did our president do this weekend? You know what he Golf. did. Yeah. This was, I think, his 86th uh, round. round. And, and, and by the way, he took the helicopter. <laughs> Oh, yeah, he's that's uh, that's pretty bad elitism right there. He's really concerned about the American people. Oh, let me do this damn press conference on Thursday, and I can, at least I can get off for the weekend and go play some golf. <laughs> Got to go play some golf. I'm sick and tired of it. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's funny. A lot of people yesterday were saying, well, you know, uh, and I was interesting. Tom Marino of... Uh, Rage Against the Machine, stopped by the tent, and then he went to play live. And a lot of people, particularly here in Los Angeles, saying, hey, man, this is kind of what happened with Woodstock. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Woodstock was a commercial venture that went wrong because people converged on it. But people were were having sex and getting high. I don't think it was that much about the protest. And what good did it do, by the way? Look at where we are. Good work, John's generation. Uh, <clears throat> Thanks for all the love, peace, and happiness. How's that working hey, out? It can't help it if people sold out. Yeah, it's true. It's it's like the Clintons. Weren't they love, peace, and aren't they? Uh, oh yeah, of they're, your they're era? right yeah. from that crowd. Yeah, ass wipes. Yeah. yeah, well, just send us your cash. <laughs> Whatever you do. So, so um, yeah. interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, by the way, there was a. Uh, I hate to mention this, but I I, I have yet to completely canceled the New York Times. I thought you already canceled it. Oh, well, I didn't it, quite. It's it keeps coming, coming back like bad Mexican food. So uh, I want to mention, since we brought this up, uh, the Wall Street thing, oh, don't, can't blame them. There's a front page story in today's New York Times that I think is, you know, even though this is a cycle, these collapses, this this is the, the one that's going to bring, this is my prediction, this is what's going to bring the, the market to a halt. And it's the front page, left hand side, top story. Clamping down on rapid trades in stock market. All right. Reply to a flash crash. Computerized system said to distort prices around the globe. So they're going, you know, this is the flash trading mechanism. We talked about it before. Yeah. And uh, I've actually seen the code that does it. You, you have the, some of the code, and it's, uh, you know, Goldman Sachs uses it, and it's used a lot. And uh, I think it's. It, Personally, I think it's what's propping up the market. Hmm. Interesting. And so when you pull the plug on this scam, you're going to end up, uh, the market's going to collapse. You know, it's interesting you say that. And, and I think it's uh, the setup is there. Uh, there was a, you know, a Jeremy Paxman on the on the BBC who does Newsnight, who I, I like. I think he's pretty cool. Although he, he probably comes across a lot dumber than he is. He had... Uh, of course, you know, the, the BBC has to propagate. It, it seems like it's a controlled demolition. You know, this is the WTC7 of our time uh, is we're going to bring down all the markets. 
And uh, the only way, you know, I think what I've been saying is the only way that any of this is going to be stopped is if we completely uh, give all political power to Brussels and the European Union, because that, of course, is the new Lehman Brothers. And they have this uh, shill on from the IMF, a former uh, Clinton advisor and uh, IMF uh, director, I think, Shapiro, along with some Lord Muckety Muck. And, uh, well, they're basically just propagating the meme and saying... You're Shapiro, she, wasn't she the no, one that he, was the head no, of no. enforcement during no. the Madoff era? No, it's a guy. It's a guy. No, I, I, no he, was, he was more the Clinton, uh, Clinton era. Okay. So they're basically setting it up. And once again, just like that, you know, because this is what the BBC is doing. Just like that so-called traitor that everyone got all freaked out about. Now, now they're bringing these guys on. And they're actually going like, oh, really? Oh, this sounds very bleak. Oh, we're so surprised. Uh, if, if, they, if they cannot address this in a credible way, I believe within perhaps two to three weeks, we will have a meltdown in sovereign debt, which will produce a meltdown across the European banking system. We're not just talking about a relatively small Belgian bank. We're talking about the largest banks in the world, the largest banks in Germany, the largest banks in France. That will spread. It will spread to the United Kingdom in part through sovereign debt problems in Ireland. It will spread everywhere because the global financial system is so interconnected. They, they are each counter, all those banks are counterparties to every significant bank in the United States and in Britain and in Japan and around the world. This would be a crisis that would be in my view, more serious than the crisis in 2008. Yay, yay for global government. I wish I could give up. Yay for global government. Yay for one world government. <laughs> now they're bringing Lord Muckety Muck. A more cheerful uh, complexion. But we're on the verge of, of, of a perfect storm. Uh, a number of European countries cannot raise money. Uh, banks are therefore increasingly worried about the default. Therefore, people won't lend money to banks. And therefore, banks won't lend money to business. So something has to be done, and has to be done substantially across the whole of Europe. If you do it individually, country by country, you sh simply shift the focus from one country or one bank to another. That's why in October 2000, we obliged all the major UK banks to increase their capitalization. So it's, it's pretty interesting how they're doing this, where, of course, it is one world government, as you point out. And, and oh, yes, it's so great we all glommed it together. This is the, this is the problem. <laughs> That's how it works. But now they're saying the only way we can solve it is by one world government and all getting together and making it good. Here, this is forty How seconds. Does that make any sense? To uh, this is oh, because Jeremy Paxton went like, oh, what needs to happen right now? What needs to happen right now, John? Right, 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 John, what needs to happen right now? What needs to happen? I think we need the political will, a political will of this perfect storm. Uh, uh, Lord uh, very significant agreement across Europe mm. to recapitalize the banks. This problem can be solved, Jeremy. It's within the wit of man to do it. It's within the wit of man. The wit. How's your wit doing? Can I take some of your wit? Because I think if we use your wit, John, we can solve the problem. So, I mean, if, unless I'm crazy, they're saying everyone needs to pitch in to save the banks. Well, doesn't that mean all the slaves Taxpayers, have to... Yeah, more taxes to Pony you. up some money. I mean, that's like... Yeah, I got here some of my wit. No, it's going to be your pounds. It's going to be your euros. It's going to be real money that they're that they're basically saying the only this we talked about this for weeks. This is exactly what was predicted. Cross it out of the book. It's here. 
and all the laws and all the taxes all going to Brussels. It requires the political will will. of Europe's leaders to agree a program as soon as possible. Come on, my wit. And thus far, we haven't seen it, have we? No, I mean, they're they're talking (laughs) in more urgent terms about the plan for the plan, but we haven't got the plan yet. Where's the plan for the plan? John, have you seen the plan for the plan, or is that still in the planning stage? I think there's a plan for it being released. We need the plan for the meeting notes. We need to get that now. Thank you all very much indeed. Thank we you. really need two oh. things. We- Wait, he wasn't done yet. Hey, hey, there's still a piece. I still got a script at my sides. Look, I didn't study these lines for nothing. Let me finish. I came, I came on your satellite to, to read my prompter. Very we quickly. Need not only, we need not only to recapitalize the banks, even more crucially, we have to come up with a credible, a credible plan to preserve the stability of the sovereign debt of Italy and Spain. Okay. No, we don't. Screw them. Let's, I, we just got to go down. It's all got to go down, and we all have to stop paying taxes. And it, well, that'll be easy to do, by the way. That won't be such a hard protest because you won't have any money to pay taxes. Yeah, that's true. You get below that uh, certain minimum. I'm sure a lot of the people that are protesting in the streets over in Los Angeles there aren't taxpayers. Oh, no, completely broke. A lot of uh, V for Vendetta masks, though. <laughs> it's good. It always looks good. It always does. It's a good-looking mask. It's, it's, and, and by the way... It has you, a certain creepy quality you that think? you can't put your finger on. Have you, have you noticed that V for Vendetta is playing on cable a lot? <laughs> no, I didn't notice Oh, this. yeah, no, I, of course. He, he's, hey, hey, let's have a programming meeting. Look at the grid. What's on the grid? Wipe it clean. We need to put V for Vendetta on. The kids love it. <laughs> the masks are a hit. Yeah, they are quite awesome, I have to say. Um, before we get into thanking some of our uh, producers who uh, clocked in today to help us out, John, I do think we have to go to the most emailed subject of the week. It's donation time. Don't you mean donation time? He means Adam's got another story about drones. I'm sure you saw this one emailed to you quite a lot and tweeted uh, about the uh, virus in the drone system. (laughs) Virus in the drone system. So, uh, and and of course, it actually wasn't. Yeah, go on. Whenever something breaks on wired, uh, you know it's a plant. Okay. Uh, So the headline, computer virus has infected the cockpits of America's Predator and Reaper drones, logging pilots every keystroke as they remotely fly missions over Afghanistan and other war zones. And they've got a picture of what, it actually looks like something I might have built if I wanted to create a war room out of wood. You know, and they've got little monitors hung up, and I I love how... Aren't those the pilot's (coughs) rooms in the trailers? I don't know if it's a trailer, but it looks like it's made of wood. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's the it's the pilots' room exactly, and they're yeah, wearing they got a couple pilots, and they're there, wearing maybe. flight suits just so you know they're pilots. That just, is the ludicrous part about yeah, it. Yeah, just they <laughs> did a special on sixty minutes about these guys, and they were wearing flight suits. Yeah, because you got to know that they're that they're you know they're real pilots, and uh, so first of all, uh, there's a couple of reasons why this news was planted. Because that's what it is, and no one has even remotely suggested that to me, which once again is a is a huge uh, disappointment. But first of all, uh, we have to understand that it is National Cybersecurity Awareness Month. And we have to start right there, as uh, proclaimed by President Obama. So, by the way, John, happy National Cybersecurity Awareness Month to you. 
Well, happy cyber security. Sec- what? Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Happy Cybersecurity <laughs> Awareness to everyone in the U.S. of A. <laughs> yeah. So um, I have a couple of insiders in these drone programs. Sysadmins, once again. And um, so here's here's what came back to me. First of all, uh, the encryption link between these uh, these flight suited jockeys and the drones themselves are often turned off. And you can re- you can receive this. And this is remember the, the guy had video. The yeah, intercepted some guy had tapped into one yeah. of these things and was looking at the at the video coming back. Yeah. Now they they turn off encryption a lot apparently because it gets in the way and it doesn't work really well. And it, it slows down. Slows it, it down. Encryption is too harsh. Exactly. So it slows it down. But the big thing, the big reason for this is the, the drone the drone programs, which, by the way, as per uh, uh, Robert Gates, is the only, I think, the only part of the defense budget which is not allowed to get cut because, let's face it, it's a bonanza. This is where everyone's going into drones. Uh, the contracts are up next month. So the contract, oh. yes. So we have um, BAE, the British Aerospace, uh, what does the E stand for? BAE, British Aerospace guys, uh, up against, and this will actually explain, I think we talked about this before, this will help explain uh, Ted Stevens' uh, apparent uh, death uh, by airplane crash, uh, against the Alaska, the Native American Alaskan companies, uh, the main one being, uh, I think it's NG, NJSV, I think it is. Let me just look it up here for a second. Um. Because these so these Native American companies, they are preferred vendors to the government, the ones from Alaska. We talked about this, right? No. Yeah, we did. You just don't no. remember particularly. No, not about drones. Uh, yeah, in particularly in specifically drones because I remember we were talking about nah. it's well, not we'll the, it's not the it predators, again. it's the reapers, it's the reaper drones. So you've got the NJSV, I think is the name of the company. Uh, they are the ones that have the preferred status over the contract. They're running a lot of these contracts. And, of course, when the contracts come up for, for renegotiation, for rebid, they have the upper hand. So there's either two things that's going on. One is, oh, yeah, we've got all kinds of hackers. It's National Cybersecurity Awareness Month. You know, we need more money to secure it. More money, more money. Or it's the Brits coming in saying, those guys suck. <laughs> they can't even keep their keyboard login secure. So this is a total war inside the military industrial complex just to get either more money for an existing contract or to steal the contract away from a competitor. It's nothing else. There's no. There would be no reason to let this uh, leak out via wired. So don't be duped by this. This is only going to get more money into this bonanza, absolute bonanza of defense contracting. And by the way, a lot, uh, I also heard a lot of these guys who are flying these drones, like almost half of them are going insane. Like literally, like my sysadmin friends are saying these guys are freaking out because, you know, it's, it, you're playing around, you're flying your drone, you shoot it down, and then you look at the bits of human being that you've blown up there in the sand thousands of miles away. You go home... And eventually you go, hey, wait a minute, dude, I just blew someone up. And yeah, and these guys <laughs> yeah, are going... Yeah, a little in, disconcerting. Yeah, these guys well, they, are when going they did insane. The special, I think it was on 60 Minutes, and they had the guys 
you know, he was like, he's, he's, he, he thought it was weird anyway because he lived in Nevada mm-hmm. and he was working out of those trailers like uh, the ones you see in the picture. And he would be blowing people up and then he'd go home and have a nice dinner with the fa- wife and kids. Yeah. You know, in a, in a suburb. Steak. <laughs> nice raw and steak. Says, and it was just so weird because he had to turn himself on and off. He's at war. One yeah. minute. Then he's at home in Nevada and then he's at war. And I think it, yeah, it probably. And a lot of these people are. Look at, take a look at the. Uh, at that job. And a lot of these people aren't necessarily military people. They're contractors brought in to do the job. Anyway, so uh, Ted Stevens was the guy who removed the limitation on these Alaskan Native American companies. It used to be $20 million contracts was the limit uh, that they would get almost like in, in non-bid. And he removed that, which, of course, made him extremely unpopular with other, uh, uh, other fractions within the uh, military-industrial complex. Hmm. So that's probably why they got rid of him. Um, well, but it's uh, it's it's uh, it's sad. That's why I had don't drone me, bro. No one, you know, only a couple guys got it. When I was like, hmm? Isn't that yeah, good? yeah, that's the kind of the sorry state of affairs uh, that we are trying to uh, change. And uh, in fact. Uh, Pretty much all we got this uh, show is is loose change. <laughs> yeah. Well, so let's yeah, go on and thank our executive producers. Okay. For uh, show two, uh, four, six. Three, four, six. And it begins with some a check. A couple of checks came in the mail. Uh, one from uh, Victor Gonzalez. Uh, yeah, you always us, pull this trick on me. Whenever the numbers are low on the spreadsheet, you like. Yeah, but I, I got some checks from the from the PO box. Yeah, well, this check came in specifically for today. Three, four, six. Uh, for yeah, well, for the re- following reason, which I'll read, it's nine hundred ten dollars and eleven cents. Wow. wow! This donation is for son- this is kind of a, this is very irksome, by the way, when you um, when you analyze it because we missed missed it big time. Oh. And this is, of course, this is a European uh, numbering system. But even though the guys in Houston, this donation is for Sunday show on October 9th, 2011. Thanks for the work you all do and the effort you put in the show. It's great. And obviously this uh, and obviously this and much more, whatever. I found your show after it had started, but listened uh, back from show one. I've been a listener and boner since then. Your podcast uh, series. See, oh, that's can't read that word. Great company during travel. Oh, it's great. It's a great. It's something he uses when he works and and jogs. Can you like speak that, English? It's a written in hand. It's a handwritten letter. <laughs> All right. On top of that is the last best uh, source of information out there. The real news. Please de-douche me and send me some karma. Give him a double. Yeah, absolutely. You've been de-douched. You've got karma. Wow. So, of course, the number here is 9, 10, 11. If you were, Hello? Yeah. Oh, are we idiots or what? We're with a stupid American date system. The whole world uh, does it the other well, way I know, around. But when it was 9, 10, 11, we could have done it back then, too, on September 10th. Yeah, that is annoying. Was, was that a show day? Well, it wasn't a show day, but it no, but yeah, question. we could, we could no because we did the show on September 11th, so it was just before, just before. September 11th. It was show. a Friday or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, he says he needs a deducing because yeah. we're, uh, to explain to his wife where, where the money's going. Uh. We're celebrating today our seventh wedding anniversary, and it may take me uh, seven more years to add the uh, remaining to get night to knighthood, which is like 90 <laughs> oh, bucks. Oh my goodness. Well, also please send us some karma as we have embarked on family, uh, new family 
into some family and work-related changes in the near future. Uh, Chow from Gitmo Nation, Bunga Bunga. Oh. He is apparently in uh, Italy, which is why he came up with the 9, 10, 11, which right. is the Italian version. Uh, well, that is so PS, incredibly kind. October 9th, 2011, most of Europe is 9, 10, 11. That's the 9, 10, 11. Oh. Again, like I said. Uh, uh, that is annoying that we missed Over that. our heads. Yeah. It went completely like, whoa, what's that? What's that? Oh, 9, 10, 11 just flew by. <laughs> there goes the lucky number. <laughs> uh, also, uh, and he'll be the executive producer for today's show, along with yeah. Wiley Harp. Salt Lake City, Utah, 350 bucks. Decided to be a boner, not a donor. Been listening to the show no, for quite do- some time. A donor. A donor. He said to be a, oh, <laughs> a boner, not a donor. <laughs> That's most of our listeners. Yeah. For quite some time, about six months, requesting a de-dosing and some karma. Here, here comes a de-dosing. You've been de-douched. You've got karma. <laughs> I love a de-dosing. So he's considered this a down payment for knighthood. Uh, and then we awesome. have one that came, I don't know if it came in, Eric Hochul, I think, H-O-C-E, I think, because these came in with some characters that didn't show up on the spreadsheet properly. Yeah, when will PayPal get their act together? It I don't know. It's not that, uh, anyway, it's $222.22. And then when, and finally, uh, a, a donation from, uh, oh, I'm sorry, there's a couple other ones. Uh, hold on. I have all these notes around here. I want to thank James Howard, and I have to dig up. I can't find his note, actually. But James Howard came in with $345.67, so he'll be uh, an executive producer. Nice. Credit him next week. And then finally, from Scotland, um, Mark Wilson came in with $200 in, uh, in pounds. Um, a student, ben, by the way, <laughs> so basically, whatever he found uh, beneath the couch, he sent off to us, and yeah, it became five, two hundred dollars. Right, for two hundred bucks. I'm a student, oh. and I just thought I'd drop a line to say that No Agenda is the best podcast in the world. I'd like to ask for a de douching and karma, another double. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> student, can you believe that? You've been de douched. You've got karma. I love it when students check in. That's so. They don't have to do that. Just learn and become a better world leader. But thank you anyway. No, we, 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 I think it's good for them. And uh, that will be our uh, executive producers for show three, four, five, four, three, four, six. Want to thank everybody who's, uh, who donated in, at, at that level. Also, uh, you can go to noagendashow.com, org slash NA, noagendanation.com, and find donation buttons there along, along with the donation button on noagendashow.com. And, of course, the wonderful slave T-shirt, which I also wore yesterday. Another thing people look at me like. selling out of these shirts, by the way. Oh, yeah? Well, we, I, I think I told you we, we got the new cut, right? We talked about the new cut yeah, of the shirt. Yeah. yeah. But people, I was wearing that yesterday, and people look at me like, Hmm, slave. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like people were like, hey man, that's a great shirt. I need that. We're all slaves. No, like, uh, can I be ninety nine percent slave, please? Can I? <laughs> that would actually. How about uh, Eric the Shill? Make ninety nine percent slave T shirts. Those will sell it like hotcakes. It's not. You yeah, can't be a hundred percent. Yeah. Dvorak.org slash na. Just a couple of uh, PR uh, initiatives. Uh, in this case, they all. Uh, domain name forwards, forwarding to noagendashow.com. Of course, uh, very handy. I used uh, uh, dronenation.com on my sign at Occupy Wall Street LA. Uh, but when I was in Texas talking to people, I just said, hey, rickperrysucks.com. Oh, great. 
And I said, adiosmofos.com. Oh, yeah, great. So they won't forget that. There's tons of them. You can go to domains.nashownotes.com and find one that suits your particular milieu. Uh, Occupythestreets.com uh, is now forwarding to the show, which is nice. Uh, it's set up for, I guess, Gitmo Nation lowlands, but other countries, including this one, these Gitmo Nation of United States, blowmycar.org. For those of you who have uh, alcohol interlock, uh, you can blowmycar.org. Getdroned.com, uh, which we now have the trifecta, I think, uh, was droned, got droned, and getdroned.com. And then uh, uh, Sir Kelly Spongberg, of course, uh, he heard the call out. And, uh, John, you and I are now the proud owners and operators of DroneAirways.com. Oh, good. Yeah. And .ca, so we can have a Canadian subsidiary. <laughs> you, you too soon will fly without a pilot. Gotta love it. Everyone else out there, there is something you can do to help us if you are still a boner and not a donor, is you can propagate the formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. the shirt. You should say it loudly now. Shut up, slave. I want to thank everybody. So, you know, so uh, I listened to, I, I didn't, I didn't get a lot of clips today because I, I didn't find a lot of stuff going on. And C-SPAN, I did clip a lot and then I looked back and, yeah, this is not, this is boring. So I actually, the clips I have, I actually cut down. I had that too. I watched uh, two and a half hours of the next gen flight system, hoping to get some nuggets about drones. Yeah. Um, and what Nothing. I d what I did learn is that ERAM, uh, ERAM, which of course means something else in our world, but ERAM uh, stands for uh, the hell does it stand for? Well, anyway, it's uh, it's the platform on which all of this is going to be built. Uh, already a billion dollars into it. Oh, we're nowhere near completion. Uh, no, it's, it it's won't happen like until 2014. Another contractor bull crap. Uh, here, Business Week uh, had the Federal Aviation Administration's program to replace the current air traffic control system with a system based on satellite technology is being held back by software problems. That have delayed is Raytheon. Software problems. I'm sorry, man. we got some software problems. Just more money being sucked out of your wit to, uh, to go to the military-industrial complex. But I did get uh, two clips, count them, uh, from the, uh, the Homeland Security the Intelligence Committee hearing. Did you see that one with Mueller and, uh, and the other guy, the counterintelligence guy, the lawyer? I was watching. Part, I watched part of it, but I didn't get any clips. Uh, I got two. Well, it was in the second half, so maybe you didn't yeah, make it all the way through. Watch the whole thing. Um, it, they're relatively short. Uh, this is Mueller, yeah, play him. FBI director, who uh, was put in place in July of two thousand one, and of course, uh, by law, you're only supposed to hold. You can hold, can't hold that slot for longer than ten years. Uh, but since the guy knows so much about, I guess, 9-11, which came only months after he was put into the position, uh, and he did such a great job in his new job that uh, President Obama thought he should have uh, an extended term, so the guy's still in there. And yeah, he'll be in forever. We're looking at the next J. Edgar Hoover. Yeah, and an arrogant prick to boot. As you know, we continue to track current threat streams from al-Qaeda, as we did during the weeks leading up to the 10th anniversary of September 11th. Squirrel! 
other groups from the Fatah region, such as TTP. Now, who's TTP? I hear a lot uh, about the new guys. TTP, I believe, is another. I can look it up, but it's one of the about. There's about ten of these, uh, and they're all with initials like yeah. that. Pakistani-based yeah. terrorist operations. T- that TTP. Are, so it's like TTP, Kebab, Shabab. Everyone's all uh, an affiliate of Al Qaeda. They're working together. Have similarly shown the intent to target the United States. Yeah. And we saw this when TTP claimed responsibility for the Times Square attempted bombing. I didn't know that. This is Tariq E. Taliban, Pakistan. This is the students' movement of Pakistan. The students? Well, that's what they call it. The students on Al Qaeda? Yeah. The LET is the one that seems to be more dangerous. Yeah, than didn't didn't talk about that for the whole the whole hour and a half. That's and weird. Yeah. Remain concerned that all these groups encourage radicalized Westerners, particularly U.S. citizens, to travel overseas for training, with the potential to return to the United States to conduct an attack. <laughs> Of course, the threat from homegrown Ah. violent extremists is among our most serious terrorism threats today. Individuals may be radicalized over the Internet. I love how he says that. Do you hear the cadence of him saying that? Individuals may be radicalized over the Internet. He sounds like one of those old-time movie newsreel announcers. uh, Walter Winchell. Is that who the guy is? the, The guy's talking like this. Yeah. Hey. Individuals may be radicalized over the internet. It's Round very... ten. <laughs> Individuals may be radicalized around the internet. Violent extremists violent among extremists. our most violent. serious terrorism. Though all ships at sea, violent extremists and individuals radicalized over the internet. Threats today. Individuals may be radicalized over the internet, and even if they don't receive direct guidance or training from a terrorist group, these individuals may have come from diverse backgrounds and life experiences. Like the technology industries living in Berkeley or in Los Angeles, California, they could be radicalized over the Internet. As well, they may have differing motives. Increasingly, they may act alone. And for these reasons, homegrown violent extremists are harder to detect and disrupt. And the FBI, along with our partners, is focused more than ever on this threat. As I say, the overall threat environment has evolved significantly since September 11th. And this requires the FBI and all of our partners to change and adapt constantly to address these threats. So what was interesting, and I have one more clip about Section 215 of the Patriot Act. What was interesting is they continuously talk about this balance, the balance between uh, our security and our rights. Doesn't that mean, I mean, there is no balance to be had. There's this set of rules and there's what you can do without violating those rules. But they keep talking about the balance, which to me means they keep creeping up, which, of course, we know they do. And since when is the FBI concerned with al-Qaeda? Isn't that the CIA's job? Aren't these guys supposed to, like, investigate Ponzi schemes and uh, Archer Daniel Midlands and, you know, RICO fraud? Since when are these guys all of a sudden now Homeland Security al-Qaeda guys? I don't understand. Is that what is the mandate of the FBI? This was brought up in another uh, series of uh, kind of a weird show that was on C-SPAN that had all the 9/11 commissioners seated. Uh, that you know that this has been disbanded since 2004, but apparently they've been re. They've been, there's an organization that kind of brings them back together for further meetings. Huh. And they discussed this. They <laughs> for more point, for more threatening. Don't you dare tell the truth. Now, remember what we wrote down. And one of the things (laughs) that they mention is the uh, there is no uh, point man for the uh, for 
for what the, what you're hearing the FBI guy go on and on about. They don't know, should the FBI have this? Should the, should the Homeland Security do this work? I mean, who should be doing this work? Well, they're all competing. That That's what yeah, I'm well, hearing. That's what they're doing. They're all competing, yeah. and they're not talking to each other as, as usual. And so, you know, you end up with a bunch of, and, and not to mention the fact that there's 10,000 of these little operations that are contractors yeah. in the entire United States, you yeah. know, where every other one in 10 people, I think, have worked for a security company some way, shape, or form, or a spy agency. And, uh, and they, and they, they don't even know who each other is. I mean, remember that report that came out in the New York Times where they, they started looking into this and they were just finding these hordes and hordes of these contractors that are all on the dole. Uh, you're doing redundant work. Well, they're not on the dole. The dole is something else. That's uh, that's welfare. They're all on the payroll. Yeah, well, in reality, it's a dole. <laughs> it is a government uh, payout program, true. So then uh, let's just hear uh, justification for violating United States citizens' rights and how great <clears throat> Section 215 is of the Patriot Act. Uh, and I think that we discussed this several uh Several months ago, when the Patriot Act was re-upped by uh, President George W. Obama, uh, Section 215, it's all legalese. It's however you want to interpret it. And they interpret particularly the right to uh, grab records as the bonanza. And this basically means that any records of you held by any commercial interest or entity anywhere can be seized by uh, the government. In this case, it's the FBI talking. And uh, and that, of course, is, is really illegal search and seizure and a complete violation of rights. But it's great, according to this douchebag. Director Miller, you mentioned the, uh, the interagency benefits of the Patriot Act. But can you tell me... You know, we just recently had to reauthorize three of the more considered controversial provisions of the of the Patriot Act: the uh, roving wiretap, the lone wolf provisions, and the mm. business records provisions. How critical are those provisions for you to be able to do your job? Uh, they're uh, essential. I would say some are more essential than others. Two, uh, 215, for instance, the ability to uh, obtain uh, records uh, where uh, 215 really gives us the only access to obtain the records that are necessary to uh, paint a picture of a potential uh, terrorist. Oh, it's just to paint a picture. Don't worry. How does, it, how does it paint a picture? I just need to paint a picture. Just give me the records. I'm only painting a picture. The roving wiretap we've had any uh, for any number of years in the criminal side of the house, and uh, in this day and age where you can dispose of cell phones and uh, SIM cards. Yeah, what, excuse me. What network are you on? Really? You're, are you on AT and T, Verizon, T-Mobile? You can't just go like discarding your your SIM card. What, is your phone unlocked? This is bull crap. Uh, uh, Within a matter of minutes, uh, I change numbers and the like. It's essential to be able to swiftly move to the new number as opposed to having to draft another application and go back to a court. Okay, so what he's saying here is uh, the reason why he has to be able to have roving wiretaps, which means we can listen to you anytime we want, shut up, slave, because it's so easy to swap SIM cards. And so the roving wiretap was important. Uh, as both of us, I think, uh, have emphasized, uh, our great, one of the greatest concerns now are lone actors, lone wolves. While we have not in the past had to utilize that statute, my expectation is that we will need it in the future as persons are being radicalized on the Internet may not be part of a formal terrorist group, but as somebody that, uh, a foreign person, not an American citizen, whom we need to utilize our intelligence resources to investigate, that will be instrumental. 
Great. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you. you very much. That's great. So that's the meme. I mean, you hear it over and over and over again. It's, he won't say radicalized. It's always radicalized on the Internet. On the Internet, yeah. Radical- so you, don't get ra- you can't get radicalized in a mosque. Not from a, not from a flyer or a pamphlet. You can't get radicalized by a, right, by a book. You can't get radicalized by a, a newspaper. Or a podcast. You can't get radicalized by a, a temple or, or a mosque. You can't get radicalized at a meeting. You could get, but you get radicalized on by the, the internet. internet. Yeah. Ra- so maybe it's time for new t-shirts. Radicalized on the internet and proud of it. With a big target on the back. I want to keep the operation in business. <laughs> yeah, radicalized on the internet. Well, anyway, d- disgusting. Uh, and let me just check and see, where are the news reports on this? Oh, gee, none. Mm. None. It's, uh, just, it's just accepted fact. It's a, The fact of the matter is, we've got homegrown terrorists. And uh, it's like, uh, you know, it's like they, they're OccupyWallStreet.com, uh, she said, .com. It should be .org. It's, uh, you know, it's like a, the Unabomber's Manifesto. Radicalized on the... These people have been radicalized on the internet. It is time to shoot a drone on them. about lone wolves and radicalized on the internet. Do you remember David Headley? Yeah, of course I remember David Headley. I beat him at poker. <laughs> no, he was, um, he was the shoe bomber. No. Oh, then I'm wrong. Who was da- uh, David Headley? Well, you know, I don't think we talked about it much. I think, we had, in fact, I don't think we talked about it at all because this all came to light after, long after. Remember the Mumbai attacks that killed 168 oh, people? Oh, right. The Mostly da- when David they went from one guy to another saying, you, yes. are you an American? Yeah, boom. Yes, right. Yeah, he was, uh, he was the guy that actually set up that false flag in Mumbai, wasn't he? Supposedly. Play the 9-11 Commission Redux 1. Oh, you watch some good stuff. I, I watch all the crap on C-SPAN. And a radical, self-radicalized or a cell uh, in the United States that is undetected and can pull off a catastrophic event here. Now, several months ago, we had something that almost combined both. There was a person by the name of David Headley, who was a terrorist living in Chicago, who could travel between India, Pakistan and the United States seamlessly and he was the guy that uh, planned, helped plan the attacks on Mumbai. Those attacks killed 177 people in Mumbai two years ago. Six Americans were killed. And they almost started a war between Pakistan and India that might have resulted in some kind of a nuclear war. So this, this self-radicalization issue is a critically important one. It's one we didn't look a lot at, but I think Lee and Tom have pointed to the answer, it is designating a lead agency here in the United States that is responsible for it, whether it's the FBI or Homeland Security. And having spent the last couple of years abroad, I would, I would say to you know, Tom's five years, now these self-radicalized people can train themselves on the Internet. The <laughs> five-year time frame is now down to sometimes months before they can be radicalized. That's because of the broadband. You can radicalize much faster. <laughs> need more broadband. <laughs> so anyway, so I'm looking into this guy. This kind of screwed me up. To, you know, this is typical. You get into this. So you read about it. Actually, there's a good article on the Wikipedia about David Headley. Yeah, I'm reading uh, it. He was apparently a, a stooge for the Drug Enforcement Administration. He was an informant <laughs> at the time. And then, and there's some th- thoughts that he is a CIA guy, which the CIA 
came out with a huge statement. These guys got nothing to do with the CIA. Now they're talking about you know, sell, you know lone wolf and what to look for, and we're going to tap everybody's phone. <laughs> But meanwhile, they got this guy, David Coleman Headley, formerly his real name is Daoud Sayed Jilani, who changed his Pakistan name to a classic American name. But I guess nobody noticed this. <laughs> and so they was sent supposedly by the ISI out of Pakistan. Now, tell me this isn't a bullcrap story. He was sent to India as this American to to scope out various targets for these, for this attack, for the Mumbai attack, and so he went from place to place, and then apparently he he did this for some other places too. He was like their the the, the location guy. But it, now, is it logical for anyone? This is like me saying to some like you say, we're, we're, let's go, let's blow up a restaurant in Las Vegas. I want I want that. And well, how are we gonna? Which one are we gonna do? How do you think we're gonna do it? Well, let me, I got a guy in France. I'm going to send him to Las Vegas, right. and he's going to figure it out for us. You're right next door in Pakistan. Pakistanis are all over India. India's got plenty of of Muslims floating around. Why can't they find their own target? Why do they have this guy come from Chicago to find this thing? This is a dubious, dubious story. And then if you take a look at his photos, David Headley, H-E-A-D-L-E-Y, hit images on Google and look at this guy. This guy is a chameleon. You know, uh, yeah. What uh, what I heard is that he is uh, mind controlled, and that there's a lot of comparisons between him and Breivik, the guy who shot up, uh, uh, who uh, uh, allegedly shot up all those kids on the island in uh, in Oslo. That this is uh, that these are kind of these uh, drugged out, mind controlled wackos that uh, the CIA mainly controls. Which well, that, there's some there's some possibility. I'm not going along with this 100, percent but as you know, but but he got involved as a, as an informant for the DEA because of a drug convention a conviction. <laughs> so go. that is go. kind of the lead in. So anyway, this kind of stuff is just surrounding us, and it's just, I find it extremely annoying. But anyway, this comes out in the. I just thought it would be worth revisiting this character. Totally. And if you start looking at, if you look at his uh, Wikipedia page, what you want to do is go down to the to the references, and you start reading through the references of all the different stories about him, all kind of buried here and there. But it's a very wow. sketchy, sketchy character, and uh, I don't even know where. But how how soon we forget too, John? It's like remember that was that was like pretty big. Like they killed they killed sixty people. It was uh, one hundred sixty eight people. Oh, yeah, it was more than that. And it's just like ah, whatever. Uh, next, and they're blaming the ISI. This may be part of the you know that whole movement to 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 screw up our relationship with Pakistan, so we can you know go in there and steal their atom bomb, which is of course what we put on our red book years ago. Yeah, and then we had the red, pre -red and we, and, book. Yeah, and we had uh, that other douchebag, the CIA guy, who we bought out. Remember, he killed two uh, two civilians, right, in Pakistan. Yeah. For some, and that's never been fully explained. So anyway, so so this this they brought it up in this in this uh, meeting. But the the one that came up next, which is nobody really wants to address, and and these guys seem to have these uh, ex commission members seem to have a bunch of different grudges that they've. I think each one of them has their own kind of agenda. But if we play clip two, we hear another one. This guy counters the lone wolf thing, and he, he gets to the heart of the matter. I think self-radicalization is the wrong term. There's a 500-pound 
elephant in the room, kind of small elephant, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, it's supposed to be a gorilla, you idiot. And that is uh, the Saudi Wahhabist uh, network of mosques and schools that are preaching a very austere, puritanical, and Islamist uh, uh, point of, of view. Eighty percent of the mosques and Muslim schools in this country get most of their funding from Saudi Arabia. We found, as many of you who watched and read the report, watched the TV, uh, there were many of the, uh, uh, of the, the hijackers uh, were given aid and assistance by the King Fahad Mosque and other Saudi-funded mosques around the country. Uh, they were helped into training. At one point, the wife of the Saudi ambassador personally wrote checks to two of them. Um, they run a network of 400 schools around the world that uh, preach a very Islamist point of view, and there's no alternative. And uh, uh, as uh, Ambassador Romer made the point during uh, one of the hearings, it would take, at the time, less than one day's operations costs in Iraq to fund a secular school to match every, uh, every Saudi-funded school in, uh, uh, in Pakistan. We haven't done any of that. We haven't worked with any of the... Uh, uh, more secular uh, uh, Islamic countries to build schools to give parents an alternative to the hatred and the intolerance that they're being taught in these Saudi-funded schools. Nor, to my knowledge, and you're closer, I know in the Bush administration, never was that issue ever raised uh, with the Saudi Arabian government. Yeah, I'm so sick and tired of this. I'm, so, I'm really sick and tired of it. There is no threat. There's no threat. The, the, we're the threat. We're going out there and we're throwing bombs on brown people in deserts. Sick and tired of it. I got to go back to Wall Street. No, you got to get back to the to the tent. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's. And I'm you'd really have a, and you'd have a. I think your tent wouldn't stink. <laughs> no, Miss Mickey keeps my tent clean. But it's just, I'm so, Occupy Wall Street people, this is what you have to understand. We are the terrorists. We're terrorizing people everywhere. Not you and me, not my brothers and sisters. These douchebags, elitist douchebags, military, contractors, politicians. It's just, we're, we're, God, it makes me so angry got to stop this. We really have to stop this. Ron Paul won the straw, the straw poll of, uh, what was it? it wasn't a state straw poll this time. It was, uh, it was, it was that Christian meeting that, that took place where the, uh, it was, I can't remember the name of the group, but there's a big organization and their whole goal was to demean Romney by calling him a Mormon, the Mormons being a cult. Yeah, good so job. That comes up in the conversation, yeah. which became a meme. Yeah, yeah. And good so, because they, 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 these guys, the only reason Rick Perry's running, let's make that clear, is because nobody in the Republican, the current <laughs> wants to evangelical win. arm of the Republican Party wants a Mormon yeah. as president because <clears throat> they think Mormons are not Christian. Here's your choice the Mormon or the moron. Which one do you want? So they'd rather have the moron. Yeah, it's the, vo- the values voter straw poll. Yeah, and so they asked to take the vote. They picked Ron Paul. Yeah, yeah. It 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 just blows me away 
how, you know, and the media is, they're so afraid of him. They are so, so afraid Mimi, of him. Mimi pointed out a little thing that's getting bias. Again. When, when C, she noticed this, she said, C-SPAN mentions Ron Paul, they call him presidential candidate Ron Paul. When Fox mentions Ron Paul, they call him congressman. Oh, interesting. Or kook. For sure. Yeah, well, they they don't use kook as much as they used to. But they used to use kook the last time around, but now it's not kook. Anymore. But it's like, yeah, you have presidential candidate Ron Paul, which gives him, you know, which is what he is. Or you just, you know, he's congressman Ron Paul, you know, that guy. It was funny. This um, is classic. I mean, they really, the powers that be are scared to death. Yeah. Of Ron Paul. That, scared to death. That is so the best thing that we can do. But, of course, the voting machines are all rigged. These Seabold machines. Oh, no, the chances of a guy like that ever getting a presidency under these circumstances is zero. But it's fun to watch him sweat. <sighs> I like I, I like so much what he's trying to do. I really do. I I, I registered as a Republican to vote yeah. for him. Yeah, I know it hurts. I don't want to be of any party, but you can't you can't vote for him in the primary in California if you're not a registered Republican. So that'll show up on my record somewhere, you know, with that picture of me holding the AR-15, the assault <laughs> rifle, like Curry registered as a Republican in, uh, in 2011, and and, 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 and yeah, look at him, here's his rifle, his website was like a manifesto, he self-radicalized. He was going to flip out, Yeah, we didn't know when. <laughs> He was some like assassination, and you'll be the guy who did it. And the, the, uh, be interviewing the Gabers. It's like, oh, he... You might as well get the clip from me now. You know, Adam Curry was an amazing shot. <laughs> Everyone was so incredibly surprised. He just that out. What did, what did his partner say? Let's. you have the clip? Play yes, it. we have the clip. Adam, Adam Curry. Curry was an amazing shot. <laughs> hey, man. I'm half of your bread and butter, you know. <laughs> you, you, you may... You may you it's the publicity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, okay. Uh-oh. Mr. Adam Curry. Open up the door, Mr. Curry. Now! <laughs> Coming for me. Uh, by the way, um, Leon Panetta, as you asked me about this on the last show, he was at the Sigonella uh, Naval Air Base Station in Sicily, where apparently we also have all kinds of groovy people hanging out that we're paying for. <laughs> Uh, here's his quote, uh, no clip of it, unfortunately. Uh, quote, obviously, I have a hell of a lot more weapons available to me here than I had at the CIA, he said. Although the predators aren't that bad. While he's saying this, a global hawk took off in the background, presumably on its way to Libya. Jeez. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I got more weapons. Cheney <laughs> was 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 power crazy. No, no, no. It's nothing compared to to these guys. Nothing at all. There's reports going around that um, you know ever since the UN Security Council vetoed uh, essentially the same type of action that was taken against Libya uh, against Syria, apparently. Uh, according to inside sources, uh, Obama has now, President Obama has now called for lighting all of Northern Africa on fire. Just going to blow everything up. Just going to be like one big drone carpet bomb, everything up there. And, uh, you know, there's the, the you know, Russian leader tells top generals prepare for Armageddon. 
Uh, Where'd you get this one? Well, that's a Russian report, but this other report is from... Maybe that's Russian as well. Obama gives CIA-controlled Pentagon order uh, for military strikes against Syria despite U.N. Security Council vetoing. I don't know. It's, it's, uh, you know these are kind of crackpotty reports, uh, but it wouldn't surprise me. Well, within those crackpot reports, there tend to be a couple of gems in there that are accurate. Little minor things. They kind of yeah. like hide them for some reason. Well, the whole- and talking about Italy, I do have a clip that's kind of interesting. <laughs> Good, because I got one, too, that's kind of interesting. What's your... Uh- <laughs> so after three and a half years and about three or four movies, for some reason, George Clooney uh, has not gone on the Letterman show because Letterman keeps grilling him about stuff that uh-huh. apparently he's not supposed to talk about. Well, he can't but come he on without this- his handler. That That other guy has to come on and help George talk. Something like that. Whatever the case was, Clooney talks about his place in Lake Como, which is a hideaway of his, yeah. and and the kind of guests and visitors he gets. And I don't know about you, but it doesn't make it doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense who shows up and who you know who hangs out there because, well, if you play this clip, you'll see what I'm. It's it's just kind of a, a creepy. And I did chop it down quite a bit. So bunga bunga parties? Is that what he's doing? Well, no, kind of. Yeah, maybe. But just but it's the people that's it, that are interesting. Yeah. Uh, and how are things going in Italy? Do they still uh, love it, you? And you're Mr. Hollywood in Italy, right? I, in some ways, I am Mr. Hollywood in Italy because there aren't a whole lot of us there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think it's going well. They have not yet kicked me out. Mm-hmm. What I'm getting at here is I, I periodically read about gatherings you have there at your home. Yes. But then, then tell me some of the guests who arrive there and, and what goes on. <laughs> Ask me more about Vera Farmiga's butt. Will you? <laughs> yeah, we have, uh, we have, we have fun groups of people that show. Like who? Give us an example. Well, there was a period of time. That- you know what? I heard that Bill Murray came and spent two weeks. He there. did. He's been there a couple of times. A couple of times? Oh, for the love of God. Walter Cronkite stayed there. Walter Cronkite. Yeah, Walter, we got, uh, Walter got a little toasty and ended up uh, in the lake. No, he didn't. He did. He, he, when you say toasty, it was a little... <laughs> man in America. Let, me, let me hear that sound again. There you go. He uh, walked by us and he jumped in the lake. And I used that... I use that on other uh, newsmen when they've come to L- my Like home. who, for example? Well, like uh, this summer, David Gergen came to do a story. Yes, this David Gergen. Former political presidential advisor. To political Nixon analyst, to Clinton. Clinton yes, to, David Gergen. Yes. Used to be on the Jim Lehrer show with uh, Shields. Very, and very, very sophisticated journalist. Yeah. Uh, and then I got uh, Charlie Rose this summer. Charlie Rose in. in your new film, by the way, playing, playing himself. He does play himself yeah. very well, by the way. Now, now let's just say uh, for a second. Uh, tell me about uh, Brad Pitt. Uh, do you uh, feel sexy in your DNA when you're with him in Le Cuomo? That uh, I would be invited over there. And, and sure. I'm not asking for an invitation. Sure. Uh, and I don't drink. Would I have no fun not being? And you, probably, you would have no fun. So I know a little bit about this. This oh, is yeah. great. This is you, Cindy Crawford, and her husband. Uh, Randy Gerber. Randy Gerber and Randy Gerber. 
server is one of these guys who, uh, what's he own, nightclubs or restaurants? or? Uh, he, he owned uh, uh, nightclubs, and, uh, and uh, he's married yeah, to anyway, Cindy. Get the right. idea. Yeah, so the idea is uh, everyone goes to uh, Italy to hang out with George and have bunga bunga parties and get programmed by the CIA, who, of course, uh, are controlling him. It's what it seems like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. And the thing is, George comes on and he acts away about this, and then, and then they say, look, why are you even doing this guy's show? Because Letterman's curious. Well, he had to promote the movie. Well, he didn't promote, the, you did you hear the whole thing, but he didn't promote three other movies. He just refused to, they wouldn't let him come on Letterman's show. He didn't promote a bunch of movies, and right. that's what Letterman went over, and he was hmm. bitch, bitching about it. And maybe maybe uh, other shows. maybe George is cracking under the pressure. Maybe he uh, maybe he he's. Ha- they did a little chit chat about Sudan and they, all mm-hmm. the rest of it. I didn't want to make this. Mm-hmm. It could have gone on forever, but he kept right. getting grilled by Letterman about this stuff, and it was like oh. interesting. But I didn't. What is David Gergen doing? He doesn't do stories for one thing. He's a consultant, and so what's he doing there? Passing off Cindy Crawford to everyone to have a bunga bunga with. <laughs> did you see? Uh, no, you didn't. I'm sure, but I. I you know, I do try once in a while to see what the uh, the idiot human resources are watching. So I watch Dancing with the Stars, and yeah. uh, you give me crap. No, tell me about it. And uh, uh, George Clooney's ex girlfriend was on. She's a total idiot. I mean, an absolute idiot, and effed up, like really frustrated. And she can't dance. She's off the show. But uh, I was like, really? I mean, that's that's. I mean, she's like a presidential model, MK Ultra, Mo- Project Monarch, nothing else. You watch. Put this in the book. This girl, whatever her name is, it will, she will come out and she will talk about she was a mind controlled sex slave for George Clooney at the bunga bunga parties. Now you can write it in the book. Write it in the book. I'm writing it down. Now I want to call back to uh, something that you introduced to us. The NBC, ABC, CBS have all agreed that they now can use the word vagina on their shows because, let's face it, there's nothing funnier than a vagina. I mean, I wake up some days, first thing I do is I crack a vagina joke. So I have two clips just to show you the idiot. And, and we'll figure out what this is about, by the way. I'm not sure what it is. Parks and Recreation, which I have not seen. Several people alerted this to me, and one of our producers actually sent me the clip. I'll have another drink, and so will this adorable hunk of caramel to my right. Drink up, Tom. I'm going to go powder my nose, amongst other things, (laughs) if you know what I mean. (laughs) Is she going to powder her vagina? (laughs) Really? Boy, that's lame. And then we have Aaron Burnett. And oh, your buddy. Yeah, who, uh, by the way, is engaged. She just got engaged to get married to uh, an executive from Citicorp. Yeah, that's not a conflict. <laughs> so Aaron Burnett, she apparently on CNN is not allowed to say vagina. She can't. In fact, she can't even use uh, an, a replacement word. The word. Here's the secret word. The word you will not hear in this clip is pussy. So we cover a lot of serious stories on the show, but here's one that's more seriously. Business and religious leaders in Italy have called for the resignation of Prime Minister Silvio Berlusconi as groups across the country held protests against his government. Now, Berlusconi's political party, nicknamed Forza Italia, or Go Italy, is suffering record low popularity. And this week, the ratings agency Moody's actually downgraded the country's debt, 
adding to the economic pain. But that is not the reason the story makes us say, seriously. No, that is because of what Berlusconi said yesterday. During a meeting with his party deputies, Berlusconi joked that because of his party's terrible polling numbers and his own reputation for, shall we say, carousing, they should change the name of their party from Go Italy to something else. The new name he suggested is much too inappropriate for me to repeat on any television channel, never mind in a family show, but other members of the press have tried to describe the name of the party um, in, in English. So, um, one said, quote, it was uh, Reuters said, quote, a vulgar slang term for female genitalia. And then Reuters took it a step further and added, also used to describe an attractive woman. And the Telegraph, who said the meaning of the word, quote, can range from babe to crumpet to the female genitalia. Well, Berlusconi says demands for his resignation are absurd. In fact, he's so unfazed by the issue that today he's in Russia. Yeah. So she can't say the word pussy. I think she could have said uh, it's a, a slang for vagina. What is no, this? They can't say that then. But the question on my mind is this definition that she beats around the bush. And by the way, she seems very halting. She doesn't seem she's very unrelaxed doing the show. She is not going to she's going to lose. She's going to fail. She's going to fail on this show for she's sure. Got fail written all over. And the she way also, she, she's herky jerk. She can't read. She also said uh, it's a family show. Really? It's a new show. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Family is I'm sorry. Watching her do I'm sorry. Show. I'm sorry. Seriously. Now, describe it. Is, when does the word pussy describe an attractive woman? Oh, there's a, pushy, a pussy. Or a crumpet. What? what? She said Reuters apparently said it can also be a, a word for crumpet. Crumpet? No, I don't get that. I don't I know, know what a crumpet is. Maybe we got some, maybe it's a different word. No, 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 no. Because I checked this with the Italianos and they say it's pussy. It was the pussy party. Well, their definition stinks. Okay, anyway, that's beside the point. But she does not sound... <laughs> I like that, by the she way. She makes you nervous to listen to her talk. Crumpet. A thick, flat, savory cake with a soft, porous texture made from a yeast mixture cooked on a griddle and eaten toasted and buttered. Crumpet. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like it to me. Crumpet. Huh. Crumpet. Crumpet. <laughs> Crumpet. It was just just surprising to me. That's news, people. CNN is bad. Ugh. I don't know why I wind up watching it so much. Because I think because they're so clueless. I just can't help myself. I don't watch it. I watch it and then I can't. I don't actually watch CNN as much as I watch Fox. Oh, no, I can't watch Fox at all. Yeah, well, that's good. Meanwhile, uh, boots on the ground coming soon for Libya. There's no doubt about it. This has got to happen. Uh, it's falling apart. As... Uh, you know, now we've got the uh, uh, the Libyan forces, uh, Gaddafi's forces are winning. They're kicking these these jabronis ass on the ground. And of course, you know, it's like the, the way it's described in uh, in news reporting as well. You know, there's some oh, there's some problems. Uh, there's not not uh, there's some problems here and there. It's not going too well. You know, like the TNC can't actually function very well because, you know, people are like, oh, there's problems. You watch. Because we've got to make that place safer for the uh, the oil companies to go in and start drilling and start taking over everything and buying everything up. You know, these violent flare-ups, rivalries, warring fractions within the governments. Uh, everyone is getting their knives out, according uh, to the uh, Tripoli Civilian Stabilization Team. 
And the prime minister, uh, unelected, I might add, Jabril, Juju Jabril, the educated in the United States, is deeply unpopular in the capital and other parts of Libya. Boots on the ground soon. You, you know, the, the companies who funded all this are going to be calling for it. Boots on the ground. Hey, we need some boots here. Right now. <sighs> well, yeah. I don't know what this whole thing is. And also now I noticed that even though the New York Times has not approved it yet, there seems to be a lot more coverage of whatever's going on in Syria. Yeah. Um, this, of course, is only because uh, Obama has given the order to go and hellfire that place. It, it does fit in with the theory. It fits in because I'm seeing it, too. Um, there was another... There was a note, not a not a speech, but a note from Obama saying Assad has to step down and step down now. So they're just disregarding the UN, which of course is on one hand is good, but uh, you know all they have to do is just turn the predators left. You know what? Maybe they'll find a, a, an American uh, self radicalized on the internet terrorist. They can go drone. Yeah, it happens to be in spending the night at the at the Holiday Inn in in. Syria in Damascus. Oh, that was that was kind of funny. So um, again, I, I have because he's back on now. He's back on the air. Um, uh, Judge Napolitano, and yeah. so he has this great. They, to keep him off the air for this period. Oh yeah, <laughs> this period of the shooting, so they could berate him for th- even thinking about talking about it. Right. Well, he's all over it now, and I, and I, he has a good rant, and then I have another Ralph Nader. Th- Ralph Nader is I don't know, man. Well, I'll talk about him in a second. First, the Napolitano rant, uh, which is. And now a few items from our Freedom Files. Tonight we're learning of a secret government panel that decides who goes on the government's kill list. Mm-hmm. A list that includes Americans. Your federal government makes such decisions in secret with an unknown, unelected group of bureaucrats. There is no oversight. There is no public record. There are no rules about the secret panel's activity. And of course, no laws establishing such a list or such a panel. The secret panel of current and former government officials informs the president who he should kill. And this very panel is responsible for ending the life of an American citizen, Anwar Alalaki, a man who had alleged terrorist ties but was never charged with a crime, never tried in a court of law, as his constitutional rights to due process require. Oh, the hypocrisy of President Barack Obama is just stunning. When then-Senator Obama was campaigning to become president, he denounced the way in which then-President George W. Bush used his executive powers. President Obama, the hypocrite, now has blood on his hands and now has many people wondering, what other secrets has he hidden in the West Wing? And who might he kill next? (laughs) Is it you? Who might he kill next? There's some fighting words. I like that from the judge. By the way, on Syria, um, and actually went back two weeks ago, uh, our buddy Randy Corvin, better known as uh, a.k.a. Andy Carvin from NPR, our national treasure, was retweeting all these horrible pictures and videos of this girl who her head was chopped off and she was burned in Syria and they're horrible and Assad is crazy. So she shows up alive on Syrian TV, (laughs) shows her ID and says, no, I just ran away from home. (laughs) 
And then the BBC comes out with this whole report, which I, well, you can look at it in the show notes, 346.nashownotes.com. I've got the video. Of course, damage control is in order here. And uh, so they say, well, you know, it's clear, it's obvious how these poor parents could have made this mistake. You know, and oh, and we're still not sure it's actually her after all. It is Syrian state TV. The girl looks exactly like her. It's her. She's not dead. I saw. <laughs> I retweeted Randy. Say, hey, Randy. Nice retweet, dude. He doesn't respond. Of course not. You're just a pest. <laughs> I am a pest. But it's just like really, it's so wag the dog. She shows up. No, I'm not dead. Here I am. I'm just, I'm okay. So Ralph Nader, I've never really paid attention oh, to wait, him. Before you go on to that, let me yeah. just back up to the Napolitano thing. I didn't want to throw something in. Yeah. Because the New York Times, again, the Sunday paper on the, the other main story besides the, the, the rapid stock trading is this one, which is the headline, Secret U.S. Memo Made Legal Case to Kill a Citizen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're not allowed to see uh, said memo. No, but it was, a, but it was, it would, let me just read this graph because it kind of is funny, or as it were. <laughs> yeah, the Obama really. administration's secret legal memorandum that opened the door to killing of Anwar al-Awlaki, the American-born radical Muslim, they always say American-born says saying American citizen, hiding in Yemen, found that it would be lawful only if we're not, if it were not, it would be lawful under these circumstances, which I find dubious. Okay, circumstance if one. If it was found that it would not be lawful, it would be not be lawful if it was feasible to take him alive. No, it was so hard. He was driving in a car. How hard is that? We couldn't take him alive. Yeah. You know what? It's atrocious. And this is, this is the disappointing thing of Occupy Wall Street. When I'm walking around with don't drone me, bro, that no one understands. They don't understand it. They have no idea what the implications are. Ralph Nader. Now, this is it comes right into Ralph Nader, what you were just talking about. Now, he's a consumer advocate. Is this guy any good or not? Because I'm liking what he's saying. Yeah, you've known him for a lot longer, obviously, because the guy's he's always been an interesting character, uh, a thorn in the side of uh, the liberal establishment and a thorn in the side of the Republican establishment. He's a thorn in the side. So he could take over uh, either one of our roles on the show. If one of us gets no, drunk, it's not as funny as uh, we are. Well, yeah, true. He has no humor. But I was laughing out loud when I heard this because he just nails it. And the president make himself judge, jury, and executioner and kill an American anywhere on the planet whom the president alone has decided, perhaps in consultation in secret with others, is a danger to society and to national security. That's not a president. That's a dictator. <laughs> that's a complete violation of due process, separation of powers. You don't put in the White House and our framers, as you know so well, with your books, the founders of our republic refused I say refused, Article 1, Section 8, to begin with, to put the power to exercise violence abroad and plunge the nation into a war in the hands of the president. He has done that now. He has outdone Bush in his unconstitutional behavior, not just with what you described, but he also attacked Libya without any war resolution, never mind declaration of war from Congress, right, right. without any authorization or appropriation of money. That's the way a dictator. He took a billion dollars himself and put it on the war and in Ralph, Libya. The Congress, like a potted plant, did nothing. <laughs> He's a dictator. This is what I always say. We want regime change. We want to take the evil dictator out who is killing his own people. 
and, and get rid of all the corrupt politicians and the military industrial complex that has nothing to do with 99%. There was uh, some other guy in uh, staying on Anwar Al-Alki, El actor Terry Greenberg, uh, some congressman, I don't forget who he was, and he was grilling uh, the Mueller and the uh, Olson, I guess, from the counterintelligence lawyer, lawyer, uh, about Anwar Al-Awlaki. Very interesting how forthcoming and transparent this administration is. Okay. Director Mueller, uh, if, I, if Chairman Rogers will allow me, this is my hat from the Homeland Security Committee, we were doing work on Al-Awlaki's involvement prior to 9-11. And back in May, May 26th of this year, I sent a letter to the Attorney General, Eric Holder, asking him for any uh, uh, letters, communications, whatever, between uh, Justice Department, FBI, dealing with Alaki prior to September 11th. Uh, it's been now four months. We've got no response at all from the Attorney General or from the FBI. As I'm sorry, not, not Alaki, with, uh, uh, yes, with Alaki. When he was here in the United States prior to September 11th, uh, dealings that our government may have had with him, contacts we had with him, communications with him prior to September 11th, and we've got no response at all. Uh, we've dealt with the FBI legislative uh, affairs. We've got no response at all on that, and now it's over four months. Uh, is there any, do I have any reason to believe that we're not going to get the information involving the FBI's dealings with the Lockheed and Justice Department's dealings with the Lockheed? Uh, no, and I, 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 quite obviously I'll, I'll go back and check and see what has happened to obviously. the response to that letter, uh, and we'll get a response to you. I will say, ah. without looking at it, uh, but being somewhat familiar with right. uh, the circumstances of September 11th and Alaki, so, as he came to our attention subsequent to September 11th and throughout the years, I do not believe there was contact prior to September 11th with Alaki, but I would have to check on that and get you a definitive response in response to your letter. And we will do that. Yeah, especially because I do know, I, I do believe that the FBI did an investigation from back in 1999 or 2000. Basically, I just want to see what we knew about Alaki's activities in the U.S. prior to 9-11. What at what contacts he had with any of the hijackers prior to 9-11, and then also our dealings with them immediately after 9-11. Uh, we'll get back to you on that letter. Okay, especially in view of the fact I think he was even invited to the Pentagon after 9-11 to give a discussion on moderate Islam and how that contrasts what we actually knew about him at that time. Okay, thank you, Director. Yeah, yeah I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> <laughs> a prediction for the Red Book. This guy uh, is going to have an unfortunate heart attack because he's clearly not on board with the program. Who? This this congressman. Oh, that guy. Hey, dude. Uh, ix, yeah, Ixnay Analaki keg, dude. Stop the with the tough questions. You didn't get a letter. Don't you understand? You get a response. So don't you get it? Shut up. He's one of ours. He was an asset. We put him in and we got him out. Shh, 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 shh. I also don't think uh, Ralph Nader's heart is doing too well. But Ralph, well, he had a stroke some years yeah, back. Yeah, there you go. Slowed him down. Now they'll probably get him in the hot tub with hookers, and he have a heart no, attack. I don't think it's you know he's 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 already been marginalized, and they need these guys floating around. They need a certain amount of crackpots out there, and uh, they you know it's, he's, he's harmless. That's the point. I mean. Ron Paul's getting some traction, so he's like a little more of a target. But I don't think Nader anything okay well this congressman better watch it he's asking he's asking he's a little annoying 
Well, he's obviously needs to be taken aside. Well, the, FBI, yeah. the FBI guy, Mueller, actually said, well, you know, we didn't have any contact with him. Uh, no, uh, you did, actually. And, uh, in fact, that's been reported that he had contact with two of the hijackers. And, uh, what are you talking about, man? Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. I'm bored with the program. Don't you want your presidential model? Idiot. Well, I think we should get our donation segment out of the way. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. In the morning. All right, we have a few donors uh, for this show, 346. And anyone else who wants to help us out here, go to noagendashow.com, dvork.org, slash NA. Sir Marinov uh, from Aliso Viejo, California. Please keep on giving the good karma to my wife, my kids, future kids, and me. Okay, there you go. You've got karma. Keep those kids listening, my friend. They'll grow up to be fine, upstanding citizens. And... Uh, Mark on exile, because he doesn't want me to pronounce his name, which is, I have no idea how to pronounce it. Yardville, you want to try? Zavadsky? First name? Mark, Mark Jan Zavadsky? Possibly. Yardville, New Jersey. As much as I'd like to hear John trying to pronounce my name, please just use Mark on exile instead. I'm also requesting some <laughs> oh. karma and a birthday mention for my wife, Janet. Long Subscriber. I, think, I think that was supposed to be an anonymous, quiet donation. You, we really highlighted it now. You've got no. karma. All the anonymous donations are the guy's name is X'd out. He never said he wanted to be anonymous. Well, he kind of said, as much as I'd like to hear John here and pronounce my name, please just use. Well. Hmm. Mal, and now we got another uh, Daniel Borkman. I'm sure that's what that is. Bjorkman. Bjorkman in Malmo. Uh, in Sweden, which is down south. Uh, well, they make the trucks, right? By the right? way, Mark on Excel is $111.11. Yes, thank you. Uh, $100 from uh, Melmo. Dear John and Adam, although I don't agree with everything you say, I highly appreciate your show. You feel like a compens- like a compensation for the friends I alienated in my early teens, <laughs> accusing their Good. favorite TV shows as being brainwashing propaganda and the news media to be controlled and censored to make us believe slavery is freedom. And fr- <laughs> Anyway, yeah, donated right. before but forgot to ask for karma. Mm. Let's uh, make that right right now. You've got karma. There you go. That'll help. I'd like to ask for some right now, but my life is so awesome. I mean, really awesome right now. I would be very happy if you would just spread a big karma shot to the donating part of the No Agenda listeners and remind the rest that their karma crumbles with every new episode consumed without fair compensation. And please, more on the U.S. of Europe. Don't forget us just because you left for California, Adam. What do you mean? I do this all the time. Yeah. I'm always talking about Europe. I think you do your part. Yeah. I think so, too. Uh, thank, thank you, uh, Daniel. Uh, Clint Brown in Frederick, Maryland, uh, little one of those little uh, suburbs for the for Spook Nation. Mm-hmm. Seventy-eight thirty-nine. Congratulations, Adam, on your decision to uh, move to the Lone Star State. Since you mentioned your plans to rent a truck, I decided to take up the price of renting a U-Haul from L.A. to Austin, based Aww. on the prices listed. He makes a calculation, accounting <laughs> for gas and the rest of it. Uh, he uh, donated seventy eight thirty nine, which is not the whole cost. Hopefully, some other listeners will get you the rest of the way there. Yeah, apparently, be stopping in Albuquerque and stuck. Yeah. Happy trucking, Clint Brown, native Texan, living abroad in Maryland. 
And then he's got all the uh, you know, calculations. First of all, thank you so much. And I got a lot of emails from people saying that they uh, were happy for us. Uh, many saying they were actually envious that we're getting out just before the riots. Uh, they, you know, they're saying that that's really cool. Uh, some people donating gas money. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, we have to actually have a moving company. It won't fit in the U-Haul um, because of Mickey's stuff. <laughs> she got a lot of stuff. What could she possibly have? She's a woman. Yeah, which, by the way, is designated as her stuff. Like, her stuff. Yeah, my couch. Like, what, do you, what do you mean, your couch? To what? Kimo Sabe? What is going on with that? Well, when you find up, when you, we find you uh, <laughs> kind of washed up on the side of the road in some ditch. We'll understand it better. We'll know more. No, but it's very, very sweet. Thank you. It's not, uh, you know, every move costs money. And uh, it's highly appreciated that people are helping out. So I can. Uh, we need a new name, by the way, for the for the new place. And so far, I've only gotten Crackpot Hacienda. Which I'm, no, no, it's not a hacienda. Not, it's not a hacienda. So bat cave. I think there's a lot of bats in Austin, isn't there? I know there's a bunch of San Antonio. I, I don't like that. I don't like bat cave. That sounds too Alex Jonesy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, need something else. We'll think about it. Yeah. I'm sure some listener will come up with a great idea. Of course. Sir James Briscoe in Bayshore, New York. Hey, gents, uh, 7889. Hey, gents, Psycho Knight, James Briscoe checking in again. Just wanted to donate as a thanks for the double plug for cnsaygallery.org. Unfortunately, I haven't gotten that many submissions, but it was fun putting up the site anyway. Please give some karma to Smita, the love of my life, to support her endless devotion to programming until the early morning hour. She needs it the way things are going back in Melville. You've got... Karma. So I've got uh, Texas Tower, the Ranch of Truth, the Radicals Ranch, Austin FEMA Camp. I like that one. <laughs> From the Austin FEMA Camp. <laughs> oh, it's getting good. All right. Texas Tower, I like. Texas Tower is pretty good. That's good. Rancho Ranch Del Curry. Of, I actually like Ranch of Truth, too. Ranch of Truth, and I have, but I am the voice of treason at the Ranch of Truth. Eh, eh. I don't care for that. <laughs> Niggerhead Austin. Yeah, thanks, Hellhound. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. That'll work. <laughs> if I'm running for president. Yeah, if you're Perry. Yeah, really. Kurt Danielson, Burnsville, Minnesota at 7290. This is the balance for my unpurchased twit brick. I'd like to call out my friend Dana as a douchebag. Douchebag. Douchebag Dana, since he has yet to donate. I also appreciate some karma for my 47th birthday, which is Tuesday. Thanks, guys. You've got karma. And he makes a point of checking his PayPal subscription and reminds everyone else to do the same. Yeah, that, they get canceled. That is, yeah, that is very important. For some reason, PayPal just kicks those subscriptions out after a while. So if you uh, uh, if you are you think you're a subscriber, make sure that uh, that a recent uh, donation went out. We have the five dollar a month, the eleven eleven, uh, some thirty three dollar a month uh, subscriptions. These actually do carry us over a little bit on the slow days. Uh, so it's important, and I, and I think it's well worth it if you look at the value for value of it all. Um, and you may find out that you've never actually signed up to a subscription, so that maybe it's time to think about doing that. Exactly. Uh, Bjorn Pennenberg from uh, Kook on the Rhine. Kaudekerek on the Rhine. John, would you please read this on the show? Greg Vat Karma Vur John C. Dvorak in the hoop dot his ein in book shrift. 
<laughs> You've got karma. Would you like the translation? Something. Graag wat, karma, graag wat karma for John C. Dvorak in the hope that he eindelijk een boek schrijft. Please, please, some karma for John, Jean-Claude Dvorak in the hopes that he will finally publish a book. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's all I need. It's book karma. That would be probably Jay's book of, of uh, ABC. Dad, by the way, when is that done? Because that thing is beautiful. She finally finished the WTC7 drawing because we, we bumped one of the drawings up from the book. And, and the book was done. And then we didn't, you didn't like WTC7. So, no. uh, what did we change that to? We say, we changed it to W. I'm sorry, you, we changed no, it to, to WTC yeah. seven from yeah. we need money or something yeah. like that. Uh, and so how she about, finally, you know, kicked and screamed and did it, and yeah. so now we can finish the book and have it printed probably before Christmas. Easy, oh, quick intermezzo. Lone Wolf Ranch. Lone Wolf Ranch by Curious Bunker. <laughs> Camp Mofo. <laughs> I like Camp Mofo. Camp Mofo. <laughs> Camp Mofo. Okay. <laughs> Coming to you. You have to practice. You say it. Would say it like so you're starting the show. Coming to you from. <clears throat> oh, let me try. <clears throat> uh, we should probably try. Camp Mofo. You think? I don't know if Camp Mofo sounds. It sound, might not ring. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, we can try it. Let me see. Adam Curry, John C. Devora. It's Sunday, October 9, 2011. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 346. This is no agenda. Coming to you from Camp Mofo in the Lone Star State. In the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. What do you think? I like it. Yeah, Camp Mofo. Yeah, it has it has a ring to it. I'm sure Mickey will be delighted. <laughs> Camp, Camp Mofo. Okay. In All the right. Lone Star State. That's what that's what makes it work. The lo- yeah, in the Lone Star State. Yeah. Okay, we'll go with. Let's, right. But let's think about. That. I think well, that's the that's the winner so far. Yeah, we'll keep it as a bookmark. Uh, uh, some uh, anonymous. Oh, actually, Julian Kennedy in Melbourne, Australia, caretaker of the No Agenda Show dot com dot AU, requesting a combination de douching and double karma shot. Oh my goodness, it's a little tough. You've been de You've got karma. We don't do. Uh... We don't do double shots anymore. I think the double, what he meant by double was the de-douching. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. And, uh, which is a double thingy. Double, 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 double speak of the week. Michael Bilby, Bilby, I guess, Brisbane. Uh, Good day, John and Adam from Gitmo Nation Kangaroo. I'm in need of a de-douching. I've been a boner for way too long. (laughs) You've been de-douched. Uh, he also needs karma for his girlfriend <sighs> for the new job well, and his for a new job. Let me do a milf. Uh, let me do a milf karma double shot. Milf. That's one mother I'd like to. You've got karma. That's better. That's fifty-five, fifty-five. Alan Asaf, Sir Alan Asaf, Asaf, to you, Alan Asaf, Decatur, Georgia, USA, gentlemen. Alan, the Arabian Knight here. You continue to hit it out of the park every show with your cogent analysis of what's happening around the world. I thank you, thank you again for the work you do, and hope some boners out there would just send you some cash. Yeah. Boner challenge. Yeah. I challenge we all sysadmins to match my donation of double nickels on the dime, and I will match those donations with an additional five dollar per donation for the show three four seven. Well, that's so good. all double nickels on the dime will be matched by Sir Allen at a five buck a match clip. That's the Arabian Night, everybody. I love that. That's a good deal. That's a great deal. 
Amanda Renz in Bryan, Texas, new one. I've been listening for a while, but sadly, I'm a first-time donor. I'm a graduate student working on my Ph.D. in chemistry, and yesterday I passed my candidacy exam, so I decided I must celebrate and donate. Great. I, I would also like to call my brother Logan out as a douchebag. Because he's never been, he's been listening since show one and has never donated. Douchebag. That's a Double douchebag yeah, Double him. douche. Uh, it's Double Nickels on the Dime from Amanda. Dennis Cruz, Sir Dennis Cruz in Beaverton, Oregon. Double Nickels on the Dime. Mark Cable, Robertsbridge, East Sussex. Double Nickels on the Dime. David Alston, Yukon, Oklahoma. Please de-douche me. I was spending all my money making the Alston David album. Please mention that I have made my album a free download specifically for No Agenda people in the next few weeks at this site. AlstonDavid.bandcamp.com. You've been de-douched. And anyone who knows who Alston David is can spell it, but it's AlstonDavid.bandcamp.com, and that was fifty dollars. David Middlebrook and Ellen Aberdeenshire, UK Aberdeenshire. fifty. Aberdeenshire. Aberdeenshire. Uh, Matthew Parker, Lakewood, Illinois, fifty. Love the show. Better dedicated. I'm a better educated slave who sees. Uh, the media agenda more clearly. I'm better at cocktail parties. <laughs> that, that, stop. You win. That's all. That's 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 the whole point. You're better educated slave, and you do better at cocktail parties. I mean, yep. I mean, that's what our show right there in a nutshell is what our show is about, and it works. Yeah, uh, you can and you can really annoy people. <laughs> we must move for a job, and we're taking a risk. So we need a double shot of karma and de-douching. Please keep up the good work, vagina. Yeah. <laughs> You've been de-douched. You've got karma. Vagina. Hilarious. Boy, boy, our TV is great here in America, isn't it? What's it? Hey, vagina. <laughs> Tim Lennon in Altamont Springs, Florida, 50 bucks. Take making the donation as a birthday gift to my buddy Sean Leftwich from Jacksonville, Florida. Yep. His birthday's Monday, October 10th. You get a call out, birthday yep. call out. Also, Tristan Lennon in from Wagga Wagga with another 50 bucks. And then a check also came in uh, from Nichelle Moore in Nightdale, North Carolina. Decided to switch from using the $50 PayPal automated payments to give myself more flexibility to send extra donations when I can. I really appreciate the analysis you guys do <laughs> as it's helped me develop the critical eye on a bunch of other things. Please accept this donation as a small token of my appreciation as I continue to make my way toward damehood. Yes. Need some, she needs some karma for a mom who just received her doctorate and is looking for a job. Oh, wow. Alright, mom, here you go. You've got karma. Now we love moms on this show. Actually, she sent in two checks for uh, 50 each, so that's... Oh, that's so sweet. 100. She should have been listed higher up, but I... Thank her very much. Also, $114.70 received uh, our proceeds from noagendarecords.com, which is, that's actually, that's pretty good. That's not bad. We're selling some music there. Uh, noagendarecords.com, uh, of course, we've got, uh, just, have you seen that? It looks pretty good, actually, the site. No, it needs to be on our list of things to plug. Yeah, we don't plug it often enough. There's like a hot chick dancing with her boobs scrunched together. Mm. Good album art. Uh, of course, uh, Jasper Avenue, I think, is what has sold the most. But GX2 was on there uh, with his uh, with a couple of albums, three in total. And uh, Jasper Avenue, and that's, uh, of course, uh, Mr. Oil and Gitmo Slave and uh, I think Enlightenment and all those guys working on that. And they need some new, uh, even though I like it. I like the hot chick on the front. Yeah. Um, I, like her bo- I like her facial bone structure. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yes, it is very nice. Her facial bone structure. And her vagina! <laughs> uh, but they need new... Uh, they're looking for new art uh, for the site. So uh, that was a call-out that was requested. And uh, I think that does it. So thank you all very much. Uh, and also, uh, the chat room has just been on fire. Camp Vagina is now uh, <laughs> in the running as well. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, we have to figure out what the, this is really all about. It, well, there's some, there's something going on with it. It's some something demeaning, or there's something uh, I don't know what it is. Or it's code. It just doesn't. It doesn't sound right. That every, and, they, and then the shows that are using it, they're using it gratuitously. It's not funny. It's just not funny. And it's not funny. I mean, if it was funny, it's not a funny word. No. So why is this happening? I, I just don't understand. I, I did see a report the other day that women are uh, much more powerful than men in America. And uh, there's the Peter Pan syndrome that men are like, you know, becoming all effeminate. And which I, they well, may, we talked about this yeah. already. But then can we tie that into the vagina thing? It's a possibility. But it's but just it's, maybe it's a it's I don't know what I mean. We, 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 some sociologist listening to this show has to help us here. Hopefully we'll figure it out because it's, it, it is quite distressing because, you know, the news about this uh, memo and this agreement was only a couple of weeks ago. Most of these shows were in the can, I think. Yeah, well, it was in the New York Times. So that was gave it the go ahead. Right, right, right. And uh, then it's just kind of blossomed from there. Well, anyway, I think all these shows should be taken off the air because it's just not funny. It's just, it's not. I, I have yet to laugh about it. It's like, when you were a kid, did you ever use the word vagina and crack up? <laughs> Never. <laughs> Except now. Now, apparently, you like it. No, but I mean, it's no. like, how can... I'm only cracking up at the stupidity of yeah. it. Yeah. So thank you very, very much. As you know, this program is completely non-commercial. Uh, I think we have... Uh, I'm very proud of what we're doing here, and I'm proud of the people who uh, enjoy and, uh, and quite frankly, are funny at cocktail parties because of listening to the show. And uh, you have more time during the day because you don't have to watch the stupid crap on television. Because we'll do all that for you, and we'll give you the actual news, which is it's just a benefit. It's a value-for-value value model. All we're asking for is that you support the show. Either one, you can go to, uh, well, here's the, uh, let me brainwash it for a second. org slash N-A. And our formula is really simple. We go out, we hit them in the mouth, and no one can stop us. Until, of course, you need a license for this stuff, which will be denied for us because we might be self-radicalizing on the internet. Vagina. We'll be doing something self. Yeah, well, we certainly appreciate it. It's, uh, it's very cool. Uh, and so that's Dvorak.org slash NA, noagendanation.com. Uh, feel free to pick up one of the slave T-shirts. I think they're sold out, but we're getting new ones. And, of course, uh, channeldvorak.com is also a place. Uh, is it channeldvorak.com slash NA or is it just channeldvorak.com? Yeah. Okay, slash NA. Uh, or go to the show notes, uh, 346.nashownotes.com for today, and uh, you can find out uh, where to donate. Also, look at every single uh, clip that has been played. We've got them always uploaded in timely and fashion. And we got about a month to go before we hit the ultra, ultra uh, number, yes. uh, magic number, 11, 11, 11. This is never going to happen again in anyone's lifetime. So you can get in on the 11, 11 monthly or, or 
11, 11, 11, 11, 11. That would be so incredibly awesome. If you can get awesome. it, yeah, 11, 11, 11, 11, knighthood, or you Oof. can get the monthly 11, 11, or you can do well, 1, 11. I have, a, I have a feeling people are saving up for that one because that, that that's a, a very big mega one. But uh, try and spread it out because we have to eat in the meantime. We can't wait. I can't wait until 11, 11, 11 to eat. I got, I got, uh, I got a move coming up. The move is going to be expensive, but it will save you money in the long term because the cost of living in Austin's not much lower. Well, not only that, but it's the cost of your environment. I mean, the nightmarish town of Los Angeles uh, with that traffic and the people and the and I, and I got to sell the cars. Bags everywhere. Oh, tell me about. It. I got to sell the cars. I got to. I'm. Hey, I'm going to sell the Saab and the the Range Rover. You well, know, if you if you're living in Austin, you don't have to drive in Austin. Well, I'm not. We're not in the town itself. We're outside the town. It's a joke. <laughs> oh, vagina! You got to end it with that, so I know that it's funny. Vagina. <laughs> so uh, maybe we can do something with the sob. Maybe we can uh, wreck it. <laughs> drive it off Mulholland Drive! Yay! No, maybe I can fake my death. You know, there's an area over here by Mount Tamalpais where apparently people have wrecked, just driven their car off the side of the cliff. And there's like a pile of these cars down in the, in the gully because uh, it's literally impossible to get them out. And they so just they drive sit there? off the cliff and then they, they make the insurance claim. How about, uh, why don't I put it on eBay? Maybe someone will uh, send in a lot of money for it. Maybe we can bid that up. It's a good car. And, I'll, and I'll, we'll, we'll both autograph. It's a great car. Are you kidding me? Uh, the kids took it to San Francisco and back. It made it. It's good news. Uh, and the Range Rover, we decided to sell the Range Rover, which is an, a fine 1999 Range Rover with low mileage. Because uh, as we were driving around, guess what you don't see on the roads there? No Range Rovers. There's tons of them up here. I know, but nothing in Austin. And that means no parts. Oh, that's what I'm. Oh, that's what you're thinking. Yeah, no, I'm not going to be driving around in a in a 12 year old car where there's no spare parts. Or everyone's driving big, uh, made in Texas Toyotas. Oh, okay. So uh, we're going to... Yeah, no, it's actually good. I We used to have a... Uh, long Years and years ago, I owned a Fiat. And there was this guy called, you know, Tony, believe it or not. <laughs> Fix it again. Tony's what hey, Fiat Tony. stood for. Yeah. And, uh, it, but he was like a local independent mechanic who loved Fiats. Mm. And as long as you had a guy... If you have a guy that loves a car... Yeah. You know, the car runs like a champ. That's what I got here. I got Hovik. Hovik, yeah. the Armenian, who uh, who does British cars exclusively. And uh, so I'm, I guess I'm just going to go to him and say, look, can you find anyone who wants to buy this? Uh, but the Saab, I'm thinking that might be an eBay auction. Yeah, I would probably, yeah, probably pick up a couple bucks. I mean, it, it's a good car. There's no doubt about it. 117,000 miles. So how, what are you gonna, well, how are you going to get, when you're in Austin, what are you going to rent a car? No, we're going to buy something there. We're going to take the... Right on the spot? We're going to take our winnings from <laughs> from selling these automobiles and uh, and buy, uh, you know, like a Toyota or something. You know, a made-in-Texas Toyota, I might add. Huh. Yeah, because that's what everyone's driving. If you want if you want a car that's going to stick together, you want one of those. Yeah, I, I uh, with, with all respect, but the Range Rover is a piece of shit. It, British car. What do you expect? I mean, it's it great as an urban assault vehicle, but the you know the the relays are always burning out, and <laughs> this doesn't. Work. It's the electronics. They don't know how to do electronics in Britain. It sucks. It's a pretty car. It looks nice. Looks mean. I like it. The Saab is the deal, though. That's the deal. Now, what did I, I what did I spend on three thousand dollars? 
Something like that. Yeah, and I drove, what, maybe 4,000 miles? Maybe? Hmm. So uh, that's well worth it. Well, anyway, we'll see what we do with that. Um, so again, thank you all very much. Uh, enough about my personal troubles. Turn off your television. Look at the list. Mark on Exile says happy birthday to his wife, Janelle Mark. Kurt Danielson congratulates himself. He turns 47 today. And Tim Johnson says happy birthday to his buddy, Sean Leftwich from Jacksonville, which I guess might be Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, he's celebrating on the 10th. That'll be tomorrow. Happy birthday from all your buddies here at the No Agenda Show. It's your birthday, yeah. And no knighthoods today, unfortunately. Um, I do have a uh, a crazy story about Gitmo Nation lowlands. Wow. So um, this happened actually when we first started the show. It started to happen all across Europe. I think it started in Gitmo Nation East where they were putting new trains in. Uh, and these trains would not have any bathrooms. Remember us joking about that? You don't remember. Yeah, no, yeah. You, you, I know I do remember that. You do? It's no joking matter. Yeah. So, uh, same thing now in Gitmo Nation Lowlands. Uh, They'll be putting trains in without bathrooms. Now, you have to understand that uh, whenever there's really bad weather, the trains often get stopped in the middle of the track. Uh, derailments. There's a lot of suicides, actually. Uh, people, they, well, this is like, they're stopping in the middle of bad weather. One time, I was on the high-speed rail in Sweden going from... Uh, Stockholm to uh, Gothenburg, and this is this famous train they have, which is, makes you sick to be on it, by the way. And they stopped because there was a cow <laughs> on the tracks, and we stopped for a good 40 minutes because they couldn't get the cow to move. If I were running that train, I'd say hamburger for lunch. Well, probably would have knocked the thing over. Anyway, uh, since uh, this happens a lot, but they don't want to go through the, you know, we have you, slaves are meant to just be on the train and shut up. Uh, so let's say you're stuck for 40 minutes. They uh, will now, the trains will come equipped with pee bags. What? Yeah, pee bags. The bags have a cup-shaped plastic top and contain what? a highly... Listen to me. The bags have a cup-shaped plastic top and contain a highly absorbent material that turns urine into a gel-like mixture. After use, the bags can be sealed and thrown in the trash. Or thrown at someone. <laughs> so uh, instead of uh, toilets, pee in the bag, slave. This isn't... It's in the New now, York Times, even. what's the rationale even. for this again? Uh, because people are going to drop bombs down the toilet? Or I what's guess. The deal? Yeah, security, whatever. I don't know. Uh, it was too much of a hassle to put toilets in the train. So here's your bag, slave. Pee in wow. the bag. Yeah. Just like that idea where you strap people into, you know, the best security system, somebody put put a thing together where you'd have everybody basically handcuffed to their seats in the airplane. <laughs> yeah, right, naked. <laughs> yeah, or, or if you get up, then they, you've got a, a, a necklace on that shocks you. Hey, hey. Yeah, pee right, in the they, bag. That, that, was an actual, that was an actual proposal. Oh, no, I remember. We talked about it. Absolutely. You get a jolt of electricity. Oops, hit the wrong button. Oh, sorry, old lady. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's it's awesome. So pee in the bag, slave, and shut up. There was another. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's bad over there. There was another thing. 
in uh, Gitmo Nation Lowlands. Where do you pee in the bag? Do they have a little room you can go into to pee? No, you just turn around. You just pee in your seat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and you can't get up because we're going to zap you. We're going to tase you if you get up. So Shut you just up. pull out your, your dick and you start peeing right there next to some old woman? Or, get this. That makes sense to get, anyone? No, get this. You pull out your vagina. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. It's fantastic. Unbelievable. Yeah, no, it's not unbelievable. It's true. It's what's happening. So there was, I'm looking for this, uh, I, I kept this link somewhere. So there, the Gitmo Nation Lowlands is now implementing a top secret tunnel at the airport, at Schiphol Airport. Uh, which includes, it has all kinds of, uh, you know, non-disclosed stuff. And it's the new way of checking people at the airport. And it's literally a tunnel. And you walk through the tunnel and it's scanning you and throwing radiation at you and all kinds of stuff. And um, so I can't find the link. It's, I have it somewhere. The, the, the guy in charge of this literally said, privacy is for the bathroom. It has no place at the airport. <laughs> yeah, can you believe that? Privacy has no uh, privacy is for your bathroom. Well, guess what? It ain't gonna last long before you ain't private there either. What is the, uh, well probably already? What is the point of putting everyone in a tunnel? Now it seems to, I think we've talked about this, but I've never made an actual prediction that one of these days. I mean, the biggest bottleneck in the airport, the best way if you were a terrorist to to, to do a lot of damage, it's to blow up the tunnel. Is to blow it up, blow yourself up in the tunnel, or blow yourself up in the in the in a really long uh, waiting line for the for the body scanners, and you know just do it there, and it take you take out at least as much as an airplane. It would scare the crap out of everybody. And what would they do? You have to make an appointment to go through the uh, TSA. You have to, okay, we had, you know people have to be scattered all over the place, and they make it. Adam Curry, Adam Curry. Yeah. And you'd have to then get up and come in. I mean, well, how would this work if somebody did that? Well, I think uh, somebody's going to do it. I think it's well established, John, that all of this is just bull crap. And it's just to keep us afraid and to keep us in line and keep us as good little slaves and to up the ante on the military industrial complex. It's a bonanza. We're stupid that we don't know why she'd be selling a tunnel. Curry Dvorak Consulting brings you the security squirrel tunnel. Squirrel. Anyway, so there were two more links that uh, were some of the most passed on outside of the uh, virus on the drone. Before it's a crime, it's pre-crime. Uh, so this uh, news came to most people through CNET, of all places. Uh, this is about FAST, the new uh, Department of Homeland Security uh, future attribute screening technology. Yeah. Designed to track and monitor... Body movements, voice pitch changes, <laughs> prosody changes. What's a pro? Oh, uh, alterations in the rhythm and intonation of speech, eye movements, body heat changes, and breathing patterns. Well, then Aaron, Aaron is going to have a real problem. <laughs> yeah, a field test was performed at a large venue earlier this year, undisclosed. So that's probably the Super Bowl. And documents recently obtained through a Freedom of Information Act requests indicate that testing is proceeding on other members of the public as well, which, of course, is you're not. It's so the acronym is FAST, the Future Attribute Screening Technology. Uh, so that's one that was interesting to note. And of course, uh, 
DHS says, well, you know, it's just we're never going to use this. We're just testing it. The other one was um, the FBI's next generation identification system, which is facial recognition. And um, there's an interesting link on the FBI website itself, driven by advances in technology, customer requirements. Really? Customer requirements? What customers do they have? And growing demand for integrated automated fingerprint identification system services. The FBI has initiated the next generation identification program. This program will further advance the FBI's biometric identification services. Now, I've been telling you about this. This is what the naked body scanners are about. Because they are taking your biometric information. You know, this is, it's recording that. Uh, so these capabilities will be introduced across a multi-year time frame within a phased approach. It will offer state-of-the-art biometric identification services, providing a flexible framework, blah, 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 blah. And then there's a whole bunch of things about how this is going to work. But essentially, um, this facial recognition system, which is exactly the same technology that Facebook uses. And as you recall, in the Time magazine article about where Mark Zuckerberg was on the, uh, the cover of the Time magazine article... The uh, Robert Mueller pops his head in around the corner of the conference room door and says, hey, I was in the building, just wanted to say hi. (laughs) Yeah. Coincidence? I think not. But another thing that I thought was kind of interesting is um, it will also do recognition of tattoos, which uh, is probably really good. Because, you know, everyone these days has got a tattoo. And uh, it uh, apparently it does very well with. Uh, Why is that really good? What? It does recognition of tattoos. Well, because everyone has a tattoo. Every, these, I mean, the, 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 we have been so duped into this tattoo culture that now you know facial recognition basically self-imposed yes. identification marks. <laughs> exactly. Why don't you just tattoo your social security number on <laughs> yeah, your arm? Exactly. That's exactly it. Yeah, it's, it's like a, being in the concentration camp and involuntarily getting your tattoo. Now listen to this very carefully. Close-up photos of an arm tattoo currently, the IAFIS, that's the system, can accept photographs with criminal 10-print submissions. The interstate photo system will allow customers... Who are the customers? Do they have like a store? The FBI? Customers to add photographs to previously submitted arrest data... Listen to this. Submit photos with civil submissions. What does that mean, John? Facebook, Facebook photos. Thank you. And submit photos in bulk formats. The IPS will also allow for easier retrieval of photos and include... Flickr. Yes. And include the ability to accept and search for photographs of scars, marks, and tattoos. Huh. It's they're literally saying civil submissions. They're going to go search Facebook. My God, delete it. Delete your account quickly. This is the time to get that, uh, you know, those those tattoo um, decals that you can get. They're temporary. <laughs> yeah. They stay on for like a month. Right. <laughs> this is the time to get the, your U.S. Marine Corps one on your left arm. Yeah, we need to be selling those at noagendanation.com. Yeah, we need some phony tattoos that say something that people can wear them and they make sure they get their picture taken when they go through TSA and then from on then Facebook. on, gold. Yeah. yeah. Does it have the tattoo? No, no tattoo on that guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've got the article. That it's in Dutch. Uh, the IATA... 
And that's who's doing this. The international uh, air traffic something. So it's a, hmm. they're calling it the checkpoint of the future. Travelers will be selected uh, on the basis of their booking and information from security services. Um, this talk about here about a biometric passport scan. Oh, if you have the biometric passport scan, whatever that is, something else new coming down the pike, you can you can keep walking. Then you go into the tunnel. So you don't have to take off your shoes. You can just carry your own bag with a bomb in it, apparently. Uh, but if you're if if we know who you are, known passengers have nothing to worry about. Uh, you can go through a separate tunnel. <laughs> it's just gonna, we're all going to be going through the tunnels. Jeez. Privacy is is for the bathroom, not when it's about flying safely, says Schwachermann, whoever this guy is. Yeah, that's great. Right. Okay, so back to the tattoos. Great idea. We need to get us uh, some tattoo. Maybe if we all just have the same one, the same tattoo, that'll screw up the system. Yeah, it probably would. Yeah, everyone. Uh, yeah, we should get some of those tattoos. I like that idea of a lone wolf with a no agenda thing on it. I think a no... <laughs> Wolf. Yeah, a wolf tattoo would be good. <laughs> so something we haven't talked about, but which did take place, and I've had it in the show notes for the past two shows, is that ACTA was signed. This is the uh, intellectual property agreement amongst, uh, I think it's 53 nations, that uh, the Obama administration said was so egregious, I mean, so so uh, great, uh, that they couldn't tell us about it because uh, it would cause rioting in the streets. I'm paraphrasing, but I think that's kind of what they said. And we've been talking about ACTA for a long time. Uh, yeah. And uh, so the uh, United States signed it, uh, the China signed it, uh, the United States of Europe has not signed it, but are fully expected to sign it. This took place uh, just a couple weeks ago, and uh, now uh, and so there's a draft that's floating around, which is very you know it talks about the uh, disconnect your internet and all this stuff. Um, and I don't have any more information on it. Uh, I guess eventually, since this is the most transparent administration in our nation's history, I'm sure they'll be posting that on the internet sometime soon. But there was a a conference, and this is of the World Intellectual Property Organization, and uh, some douchebag uh, was talking about the Internet and in regards to intellectual property and patents. And I just thought it was interesting to hear what their general thinking is about intellectual property as it uh, pertains to the Internet. Let me just remind you, if I may, that intellectual property is a very flexible instrument. It's a very flexible instrument. Uh, So, for example, had the World Wide Web been able to be patented, and I think that's a question in itself, uh, perhaps the amount of investment that has gone into or would be able to go into basic science would be different. So if you had found a very flexible licensing model in which the burden for the innovation of the World Wide Web had been shared across the whole user community in a very fair and reasonable manner and with a modest contribution for everyone for this wonderful innovation, 
it would have enabled an enormous investment in turn in further basic research. So um, I'm thinking it's possible since we've had all this talk of uh, changing the patent system and there's always talk about changing patents, maybe they're going to award a patent to someone for the Internet and then we'll wind up having to pay for it. Hmm. That may be that may that, be the egregious that, part that of sort of, that would that would end the world as we know it. That, that I think it'd be an <laughs> yeah. interesting scheme, but it's not good. That's no. The same guy. I did learn something from this guy. This is kind of interesting. It has nothing to do with that, but it does have to do with uh, patents. I disagree with everything he's saying, but I didn't know this. And that is the sort of flexibility that is built into the intellectual property system. It is not a rigid system. It can be used in a vast variety of manners uh, in which to encourage innovation. And indeed, one of its other roles is the sharing of knowledge uh, because it is put together the most accessible and systematic uh, record of humanity's technology. And the example I like to use is of the saxophone, which is the only instrument in the classical uh, uh, orchestra that has ever been patented, and it was patented in 1842 by Adolf Sachs. Uh, And over the ensuing period of uh, 30 or 40 years, a number of improvements were indeed patented to the Sachs by Adolf Sachs himself, but by uh, a number of other inventors' improvements in the mouthpiece, we ended up with a much better saxophone, which fell into the public domain over 100 years ago as a piece of technology, and you can contrast that, of course, with the violin, uh, where nobody knows how the violins of Cremona in the 18th century were made, because the secret was lost. I didn't know the saxophone was patented. I didn't either. I think his point is specious and bullcrap. Oh, well, of course. Because, you know, if the saxophone were patented today, it wouldn't be in the public domain for another thousand years. Yeah. And Disney would own too. it. Disney would own it. But, uh, yeah, no, I don't know. I don't know where, where this guy's headed. Well. No, we're not going to be. No, they're going to. They can't do it. They're not going to. It's not going to happen. Well, you know. Then what will it be? I mean, the, the it's going to be it's going to be considered a broadcast medium. And it's going to be something that the FCC has to control because it's a form of communications, Federal Communications Commission, mm-hmm. and that's that. It's going to be easy. Um. Well, I, I mean, your statement as that would be the end of the world was much closer to the reason that the administration was giving for not making the act a document public. And by the way, what gives our government the right to go sign stuff with other countries without showing it to us oh i'm sorry the same the same guys who can go kill people with a drone based upon a secret kill list i'm sorry Uh, how silly am i i should have known better dumb 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 so uh, when we finish the show we're going to play a clip Mm -hmm. which is uh ken burns who actually is quite entertaining, and I think he's been altered by this uh, special that was done on PBS, which I recommend people watch. Who's Ken Burns? Called Prohibition. It's a three-part series, and you get if you have an iPad, you can watch it on your iPad with the National Treasure app. And uh, it's very interesting, this, this, this documentary. There's a bunch of stuff that was uncovered, that, at least by the documentarians, that, that is unique. And it also applies to what's going on. You know, in California, they are going out of their way 
to shut down all the medical marijuana places. Oh, yes. I, to an extreme. I got the uh, Melinda. Where's Obama? By the way, didn't Obama say that this was not going to happen, you dumb Californians who voted him in? Yeah. This is So I have a clip of Melinda Haig, which you would pronounce Haag in Dutch, uh, who uh, Mickey, by the way, pointed out, has a very cool haircut. <laughs> I was listening on the headphones. Mickey's like, oh, I love her hair. I'm like, she's a douchebag. Oh. Um, so there are reasons for this shutdown. And uh, John, uh, I, I think uh, our, our California state government should bring out the National Guard and shoot anyone who tries to close down the pot uh, stores. I agree. They have no right to do this whatsoever. But maybe if it's about the children, maybe we'll all agree, John. I think it's about the children. As soon as that comes out, you know it's bogus. The reason for the security guards and fences, where there's marijuana, there's money, and lots of it. These places are prime targets for robberies and violence. Despite the fact that these marijuana stores operate in violation of federal law and oftentimes in violation of state law, we simply don't have the resources to address them all. In the Northern District of California, I have decided to focus initially on stores that sell marijuana and allow people to smoke marijuana very close to schools, parks, and other places where children learn and play. Last week, we sent letters to the landlords and lien holders of these stores, putting them on notice that marijuana is being sold and used on their property in close proximity to children and that the operations must cease. That gets better. I understand there are people in California who believe marijuana stores should be allowed to exist. But I trust that these same people will all agree we don't need retail marijuana outlets across the street from playgrounds and schools and Little League fields. Oh, Little, <laughs> little League fields. Oh, she throws that in. So here's the problem. I can tell you why this is happening. Um, the children, schools, parks... And Little League fields, that is the government's turf. That's where we sell Adderall and Zoloft and Xanax legally. We push these drugs legally on children. You can't have like some some natural plant weaseling in on our business. Get out of there. This is our federal turf. We are the ones that supply the drugs to the children, not you locally. That's what this is about. They don't want kids using a plant that might actually cure them of some ailments. Little league. I like that theory. It, it, it is, it's not a theory. It's, it's the fact well, of the matter part, is. Yeah, you're right. It's fact, the, the, facts, the fact of the matter is. I, I think that I think the, the scenario is the theory, but the, you're, you're factual in all your uh, assertions. Yeah. I mean, what happens when your kid is a little crazy? I have spoken to so many. Mickey talks to a lot of her friends here have uh, kids. You know, like two kids, maybe. And one kid's a little hyperactive. The school immediately, immediately. Oh, I think uh, we should, uh, you know, the, the, there are medication for this child. And uh, should get her some Adderall or whatever. It's drugs, immediately. Drugs, 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 drugs. Take the kid to the psychologist. What does the psychologist say? Uh, we're going to start you off with a really low dose of Adderall. It is beyond me. You know, marijuana, you know, in Jamaica, uh, which is where I started uh, smoking of the marijuana before I quit over two years ago. And by the way, you don't have to smoke marijuana. If you smoke it, yeah, you're going to get high. 
Um, but in Jamaica, when uh, the kid is like colic, can't sleep, or has a stomach ache, or is teething, they put a little leaf, a little uh, hemp leaf, into the kid's drink, and it cures it. It's a, it's a magical plant. By the way, it's a plant. You don't have to process it. You don't have to do anything to it. You can just take it, eat it, smoke it, drink it, whatever. And it's illegal because they don't want you to witness the power of it. No, we sell you the drugs. Cool hairdo, though. So now what's this woman's name? Melinda Hag, H-A-A-G. She is the uh, attorney general for the state of California. She is? I think so. No. Yeah. She's an assistant or something. She can't be the attorney general. She's an assistant, assistant attorney general then. Well, whose side is she on? She's supposed to be representing the people of California, not the U.S. government. No. I'm telling you, people think California is so liberal. Ha! Ha! It's not liberal. You're slaves. All of you. State telling you what to do. State telling you yeah, where you can go. The attorney general is this creep, uh, Kamala Harris, the one that used to be the San Francisco district attorney. Uh. And she was like a complete screw-up. And somehow she got in over the uh, chief of police of Los Angeles in the election. I guess she's oh, now really? she's brought in her stooges. And I guess, you know, she's against marijuana. I mean, gets the people's desire to have medical marijuana legalized. I think the whole state should have legalized the drug in the last election. They screwed up. I mean, this is what I've been listening. I'm a California. I listened to this all my life. How liberal the state is. They're always voting Democrat. They're going to legalize marijuana. They get the opportunity and they say no. The hell's wrong with these people? Well, we witnessed the media indoctrination. Remember, it was like, oh, the kids ate some cookies and they almost died. And uh, remember right, when all the when, bull crap. Remember when the vote was coming up and we had all yeah, these, yeah, no, all they had these a bunch of negative stories. Negative, negative, negative. On, we don't need more drugs. We need less, and yeah. you know the rest of it. And by the way, at Occupy LA, not a single sign about legalizing marijuana. Hmm, that's not good. No, of course it's not good. People are afraid they get get arrested. Nah. Um, there was one more thing that, that caught my eye, and I guess it's only in Gitmo Nation Lowlands, and it's in the Netherlands, and it's not in uh, it's not an international program. There's something called the Pfizer Press Award. Have you ever heard of such a thing? No, but I can. Just, I've heard of such a thing, kind not from Pfizer, but this is not an uncommon. Uh, an uncommon thing that a lot of these large companies do. I will read. They, they reward the press who, who yes. cows to their. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I will read. I will translate on the fly. Pri- Pfizer will be uh, crowning journalists. That's a literal translation. Who in 2011 uh, paid attention in the public media uh, to infectious and viral diseases such as the H1N1. Uh, swine flu virus. Journalists who wrote about these viral infection diseases uh, or made an item for radio or television can submit themselves to the website. Prize five thousand euros, and the and the uh, the four runner ups get a thousand euros each. Wow! So essentially, uh, if you write about the H one N one virus, propagate the meme of falsehood. Which we it turned out to be not such a big deal. We know that, and uh, and the, the the vaccine didn't help anybody. In fact, pandemic. 
Yeah, in fact, <laughs> it, uh, it gave a lot of people narcolepsy. If you wrote about it, you can submit your own story to show how great you are being a part of the system, and we'll reward you with 5000 bucks. <laughs> so this happens more often. Big companies do this. They have a press prize. Oh, yeah. yeah press there's a bunch prize. of these crazy awards like this. They're all over the place. A press prize. Public relations companies give a lot of them out. Yeah, but Pfizer itself. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> uh, that to me was uh, outrageous. They've been doing it since 1959, apparently. Yes, they have. Um, then a couple other things. Uh, they uh, back with the vaccine against smoking and ca- cocaine. New York Times reporting that that is uh, it's in the works. Which, of course, uh, a vaccine makes no sense because uh, smoking addiction is not an actual virus that you pick up somewhere. You, know, you don't get the smoking addiction from someone. Uh, I don't think you can catch cocaine addiction from somebody. Uh, however, they're calling it vaccine. The New York Times, the paper of record, the truth, is calling it a vaccine. And Australian scientists have found that a type of immune response in the brain is linked to how you respond to alcohol. They will coming up, be coming out with the stay sober pill. Which will fit right into our final clip. So you can drink as much as you want. And you'll still stay sober. So set that clip up for me one time, one more time, John. Yeah, this is uh, Ken Burns, the, the documentarian of, on, who's always on PBS and made all his money there. And this thing, I think, ch- kind of changed his attitude about uh, his worldview a little bit from extremely liberal to a little more conservative. And it's about prohibition. It's just kind of the wrap-up of the story and the, kind of the key to how it, uh, how it got started and some of the bad actors and some of the crap it's just a very kind of a summary of and pro- uh, prohibition uh happened in the 20s in the united states where they banned the sale of alcohol correct? right for 14 years right that was the 20th amendment or the 18th 18th, 18th amendment later repealed by the 21st and, amendment and, and it also brings up the question if marijuana is illegal why isn't there a constitutional amendment the same way there was with prohibition a a well it's because we all want it it's the drug companies who don't want the plant weaseling in on their why business why isn't the uh, uh, there a, a constitutional amendment how can it be legal to to have a, make marijuana illegal same way alcohol was made it had to be a constitutional amendment it's because the government's decided they don't need constitutional amendments they can just do what they want these questions and more will be answered for you on Thursday coming to you from the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center in the morning I'm Adam Curry And from northern Silicon Valley, where we're producing the tent pole of all podcasts, I'm John C. Dvorak. No Agenda Producer Update coming up after the show live on the stream, and uh, we'll be back here uh, Thursday on No Agenda. The right to vote, and had absolutely no rights at the beginning of the 19th century, but who, through their support of abolition and temperance, began to find that voice, began to achieve that agency, began to act outside the House in powerful and interesting ways. Uh, That movement ebbed and flowed. It was, of course, hijacked by those who thought not just temperance, but total abstinence capital teetotal abstinence would be the best thing. And of course, a new modern single issue movement was born uh, that blotted out the efforts of the Women's Christian Temperance Union and other periodic crusades that were uh, sponsored by women across the country and taken over by the single most effective and powerful lobbying organization in the history of the United States. Something 
a group that I had never heard of going into this project called the Anti-Saloon League. Its leader, Wayne B. Wheeler, uh, was as powerful as any human being has ever been outside of holding public office in the United States, and I had never heard of him either. He, it was said of Wayne B. Wheeler that he could make the Senate of the United States sit up and beg, and he did, and they did. It is an interesting and fascinating story as the Women's Christian Temperance uh, Union was sort of shoved aside and the Anti-Saloon League with its single-issue campaign. They wanted only one goal, the elimination of alcohol, and worked tirelessly to do it. And they were willing to um, compromise on nothing and yet willing to make alliances with anybody if it would advance their goal. When Myron T. Herrick, who was the very popular but moderate Republican governor of Ohio, uh, said he thought that uh, local towns should have a voice in what they were doing, the Anti-Saloon League got him uh, unelected and, uh, and the Democratic challenger, who was thought to have no chance in the race, uh, elected uh, in his place. It is a fascinating story which seems uh, ultra ultimately modern in every respect. They were turning out tons and tons and tons of uh, anti-liquor propaganda every month from their plant in Westerville, Ohio, which was their headquarters, a town just north of Columbus. It is a fascinating story. But what is more fascinating is how a majority of Americans come, came to embrace the notion that we needed an amendment to the Constitution that actually limited human freedom when every other amendment to the Constitution has actually expanded human freedom. That has been the American model. We have moved forward into our uncertain future by extending to our citizens more rights than they had before. This is the only amendment that actually curtailed those rights. And by the turn of the 20th century and in the first two decades of that tumultuous century, we found a, a, a huge, strange collection of people who were for prohibition in some way, shape, or form. Progressives were for it, as well as the very conservative anti-saloon league. Democrats, as well as Republicans. Prohibition came to be seen as a way to solve all of society's ills, that we could just swallow this pill, this magic bullet, this panacea which would change everything, that every family would be improved, that the slums would empty, men would walk upright, the evangelist Billy Sunday said, uh, women would smile, children would laugh, and hell would forever be for rent if this amendment went through. Industrialists like Andrew Carnegie and uh, John D. Rockefeller were for it because they thought that alcohol weakened the output of their working men. The Wobblies, the radical labor union of the IWW, the International Workers of the World, were for it too. They saw prohibition, they saw alcohol as a uh, capitalist plot to destroy the working man and join this odd bandwagon uh, towards prohibition. Uh, we had uh, the NAACP was for it. Booker T. Washington arguing always and passionately for a black advancement and the development of a black middle class saw the obstacle of alcoholism uh, as, 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 as central uh, or as, as, a, as a huge enough problem that they needed to join that bandwagon. But then the Ku Klux Klan was for it too. 
they were anti-Catholic, anti-Jew, anti-black, and the last thing they feared was a black man with a bottle in one hand and a ballot in the other. Uh, everything coalesced around it. And then finally, as we moved into the second decade of the 20th century, two things um, sort of made it a reality. The first was the 16th Amendment. Now, the Anti-Saloon League shrewdly allied themselves, many would say cynically allied themselves, with progressive groups interested in the redistribution of wealth in the United States because there was in that time, as we argue and debate today, a huge disparity between the haves and the haves not. The Gilded Age and the robber barons had squeezed the middle class, the poor were rising in their ranks, the rich were getting richer, and progressive movement wanted among a number of agendas to redistribute the wealth in the United States. They thought the best way to do this was to pass an amendment to the Constitution uh, that would initiate an income tax. Strangely, the Anti-Saloon League joined with them because they knew that by supporting this amendment, they would ensure that the liquor industry, the brewers and distillers, would no longer have the symbiotic relationship they had with Uncle Sam. Because up to that point, fully, 70% of all internal revenues for the federal government came from taxing beer and spirits. And despite local prohibition movements, the beer and the liquor industries were confident uh, that they would never be disconnected from their the, the person most addicted to them, uh, which was the federal government. The income tax proved them wrong, and they found themselves in deep trouble. Dvorak.org slash N-A. Adios, mofo.